Listen up, Gotham. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ooh. Hi, Puns, it's me, Harley Quinn. This is Batman. This is Robin. Tune into the Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. The Bat Fanatic Podcast with Sammy Warmhands. With Sammy Warmhands. The Bat Fanatic Podcast. Bat Fanatic Podcast. Although, Sam, you might think about changing the name. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Dark Knight of Rap, Sammy Warmhands, and this is the Bat Fanatic Podcast. As always, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Jen Polanski and Evan Vaught. But first, I'd like to shout out my friend, the Nando Knight. He's our season three sponsor with TNK Comics and Collectibles. You can follow on shortboxed.com slash TNK Comics or on Instagram, you can follow for claim sales at the Nando Knight. That's with a K, K-N-I-G-H-T. All right. Now, today we are returning to our favorite little world of DC Black Label. This is a book that caught me by surprise as it is way in the future and a totally new premise, Catwoman, Lonely City. Speaking of transitioning, we were supposed to do this on Sunday and Ben had his sex change operation, so... Now I'm a man. Please welcome. <laughs> oh, my voice is going to get so deep. <laughs> you took my joke. I was going to say, please welcome Jen to the show. Yours was better. Jenjamin. I'm going to have a full beard. I'm going to lose my hair. <laughs> Wait. Now all those Hawaiian shirts will make more sense. I don't look like a lesbian anymore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fuck. Catwoman. Lonely City. 2021 through 2022. This is written illustrated, colored, and lettered by Cliff Chang. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, this is a pretty stellar thing for one person to have done. Yeah, I read the little blurb at the end from the editor. He didn't shortcut, passed around the script. Everybody in the office was like, this is insane. Drew up kind of the storyboard version of all the panels, right? Just the rough sketches. And then drew the word bubbles into it like, so it's embedded into it, it, it from the it, start. Yeah, he said it started with that. So rather than yeah. like digitally adding the word bubbles in places that wouldn't be as intrusive or something, he like started with the word bubbles and then drew around them so it never could be intrusive. That's yeah, cool. went from that to pencils, then to inks, then yeah. to colors. Like, Wait, so like are you could saying... have shortcutted any of these steps and didn't do it. So this image of Catwoman like... Jumping across the rooftop with over there on the left. He started with over there just in a yep. text box and then drew a picture. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he started with the words literally, but as he wrote the panels, he wrote the text boxes in there, uh-huh. like in the beginning. Here, I'll show you the end of the book here. So you can see just like the blue pencil prelims uh-huh. with the fucking like full on finished text all over mm, it. That's cool. Yeah. Normally, I mean, I think process photos are interesting, but this one just seems particularly unique in that it's a single creator on every step of it. He's not passing it along to anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think from the point they got the script, it was just like, oh my God, yes, please do this. So it didn't really seem like, you know, that he was beholden to anyone else. Mm -hmm. It also said that he wrote it out like a movie. Full script. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool to have everybody think from the jump that it's dope already. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty good place to start. 
versus like a, hmm, Cliff, I don't know. I guess <laughs> yeah, I'll have to yeah, see yeah. it. You're not really. also going to pencil this <laughs> and ink this, are you? Oh. Well, can you imagine what the elevator pitch is for this, though? Mm-hmm. Like, if you went to them, like, okay, now hear me out. Catwoman is 50, bad at stuff. We're going to meet all the other characters. Also, really old, bad at stuff. And. Batman's There's no Batman. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, when you described this to me before, not for doing this, but just like, I'm reading this comic, Lonely City, and you described it, I was like, that doesn't sound good at yeah, all. That sounds terrible. <laughs> or it doesn't sound interesting to me. Uh, but, And I was right, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go again. <laughs> Two sides of the same coin, I guess. Luckily, it worked out how it worked out. But if you one-manned a whole thing, and then it sucked... Oh man! There's no one like, else to blame. There's nowhere to disperse it. Like a fucking blows. colorist, man. Yeah, yeah. And oh. after that much work, also that, that oh. would be such a bummer. Yeah. On the other hand, if it is radical, then that's all you, and that's pretty sweet. I just want to applaud the use of radical in full. Yeah. I still say rad, but like, it's rare you get to enjoy that. Unless you're talking about like the radical leftists <laughs> trying to tell me who can yeah. come into my bathroom. Antigua coming after me everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the name. That's what it is, the Antiguan agents. <laughs> um, the best way I can describe what seemed like, oh, I'm not going to like this when you described it before. I was just picturing Frank Miller's terrible yeah. old woman, yeah. cat woman, who yeah. like runs the bordello. Like, and it's written by a guy. Like, like, oh, oh, great. Oh, okay, rad. Nice. So, <laughs> These guys always know how to write women. Yeah. <laughs> so this first is, issue dropped. Is Cliff Chang a man? He is now. Okay. <laughs> Clifford, <laughs> Clifford Chang. So this first issue dropped on my birthday in 2021. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll give this a shot. And it took a full year. It wasn't until my following birthday when the fourth issue came out. So... I started this like very excited and then delays, delays. And by the end of it, I liked it. But sitting down and reading it all at once this week after forgetting most of it. Oh, man, I had a great time. What was your guys' first impression as you're digging into this? Did it feel different in a good way? Or like uh, Ben was saying, like, "Eh, the pitch is not great. I didn't know anything about that because... You didn't give me the pitch also, so instantly it's just the art is... No expectation. Yeah, I got no expectation, but right off the bat, the art is cool and solid and kind of old school. And then the color palette is rad, like page one. Yeah, I mean, the moment I saw a neon purple to pink gradient sky, I'm like, okay. That's it. I mean, you have the first panel. You're there. (laughs) Well, that's good. I was hoping you'd be on board for it. That's There's, in the same way that, like, I now, even though, like, looking at that book in your lap and looking at your lap, which I'm also doing, but looking at that this book. This is a in your kink. Lap, it's not my dick. It's just. I know it's your kink. It's a kink. Yeah. Yeah. My, my kink is to get hard during the podcast <laughs> and see if you'll look at it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see it now. Pants tent. Um, that book looks fantastic. My and belt I love it. is fully undone, though, just for the record. <laughs> that's, that's only so I don't have to pee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Observe the hardcover. So the, the book is fantastic, but in the same way that I've kind of switched to digital, just for the reasons I say every time, like my greasy hands get all over it and whatever. I like that it's backlit so I can read it in pitch black darkness. Mm-hmm. But in that same way of like not doing something that I used to do all the time and now it seems weird to me, like I couldn't imagine having to wait to read this part by part. It bummed me out. Manga is the worst where you're like, you get 
20 pages and it's all action so you read it in five minutes yeah you, <laughs> it's like, see you yeah. next month that's how i feel about world's finest i read the first like 15 issues or mm -hmm. something it was mark wade and dan mora and it's really fun exciting stuff it looks great but it is one of those like wham bam oh shit that was well it's over yeah all right you wait a month and you're like what was going on again and then it's more like Bam, 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 crazy. Over here, though. Now we're now we're going over here. I'm like, all right, that was cool. Yeah, but like, I, I can't really... I feel like the momentum is not carried. Yeah. But when you get to read it all at once, it yeah. is. It stands Naturally better. builds. Yeah. I think that the one we were going to do, which we will soon, is the Riddler Year One from Paul Dano and Stevon Subic. And that one was easier to read month to month because it is a prequel to the film that we already know. Uh -huh. And so we kind of know where it's going to end up. And it's also done in sort of a way that, not necessarily the procedural aspect of criminal sanity, but sort of the way that they would do like the case files and the little things that kind of revealed his character mm. as a killer. Uh -huh. It has that sort of a, a vibe to it. So that one was a little easier to digest. Like secret files or and something. And it's only six it's... issues, too. And so it's, Paul, it's not quite as bad. But Paul yeah. Dano, that's the guy from Not Another Teen Movie. Chris Evans? No, Paul Dano also, I think. He was? Yeah. That's crazy. I actually saw him in a, a new movie this week, Dumb Money. Oh, about the... The GameStop trades. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting. Great cast. Kind of underutilized. You know, you get like Shailene Woodley as the supportive wife you know like i mean that's i'm i'm glad you're here but like let's give her some stuff to do <laughs> <laughs> anyway there's a lot of story here even for four issues so i'm gonna go as quickly as i can yeah let's get this over with. as usual snipe me you know <laughs> jump in but this is an evening session i'm sure you guys want to get home after work so snipe great I, I didn't realize this but you had sent me that picture of my dick uh yeah and i was like i recognize that <laughs> uh the wait a minute these these bat cop guys yeah like it's i don't even know why you sent that to me but i swear it was just a picture of these guys or, or like i'm reading this or something and and look how badass this is maybe and, i posted it in my stories or something i don't know no i don't follow you is there a <laughs> uh an anime Thanks. reference coming up here Yes, there is. Yeah. yeah. Something about howling at the moon, maybe? Yes. I mean, it's kind uh, of a guarantee yeah. that there's going to be an anime reference when I'll have to, well, no, to speak. I'll, I'll have to show you. I mean, it's... I didn't think of it until you just started talking. And oh, I yeah. Just, it's I like not... the bad ears up. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay. It's not up for debate. It's yeah. like there's this... And I think there's other things related to it, actually, too. But there's Jinro, the Wolf Brigade, the militant super cops in it look. Yeah, kind of ultra-fascist, ultra-armored, the red goggles. Yeah, just circle red eyes you, yeah, you I, can't I, argue it and i wouldn't be surprised if oh i'll argue cliff, it <laughs> cliff was inspired well i think the whole thing also has sort of a frank miller vibe even like a robocop vibe just the general idea of going to this part in the future of course but then also the police state fascism sort of element older and kind of weaker in some ways but better in others and yeah mm -hmm. But mostly worse. <laughs> All right, so opening shot, as you mentioned, Catwoman on a rooftop in her Batman the Animated Series suit. This already is like 
Bruno Redondo's Nightwing, and that it's sort of a love letter to everything that came before, uh-huh. even while it's doing its own thing. And the colors. Nightwing has a better ass, but whatever. <laughs> then Catwoman, wow. I mean, I know he's famous for it. But. Stronger. Immediately, she channels Murtaugh from Lethal Weapon to bring it back to season one. I'm too old for this shit. She's been out of the game for 10 years, we've learned. And she started out 30 years ago. So we can expect that she's probably about 50. And I think later they say she's 55, yeah. right? I can't do any of this stuff now. So her doing any of this at 55 Still is, impressive. Yeah, yeah, incredibly impressive. I couldn't have done it when I was 21. Yeah. yeah. Three days ago, Selena is released from prison. On the bus ride home, the passengers gossip and taunt her, and it's implied that her sentence was for killing Batman. The blue-green animated series-looking Two-Face is now Mayor Harvey Dent, and he appears on TV to defend her for doing the time and being afforded a second chance. Again, I just have to compliment the palette. The -hmm. color palette from scene to scene is just fantastic because both i love neon neon will always make me go like that's fucking rules <laughs> boner boner, but, boner. Yeah, give me a pants tent but then also just her leaving prison and like her oceans 11 intro scene mm-hmm. everything that, that kind of like muted mint greens and yellows like also just fantastic it has that kind of mid-century like uh venture brothers look just mm-hmm. that i really really like fully agree her neighborhood is now deserted having been ravished by a storm A cop, as we mentioned, the Bat Cop, has some sort of cyborg Terminator vision, and he identifies her. She stopped for not wearing a G-band, as they call it, but he lets her off with a warning. It's not yet mandatory until next year. Her apartment building, purchased with, quote, the first million I stole from Falcone, (laughs) is empty now. It's deserted. She had to break into her own penthouse. We see multiple cat suits in the background, and hearing a sound from inside, she grabs a gun before realizing that her kitty came back to see her. She says, he's the only one left. Two days ago, Selena tries to buy coffee and is shocked by the corporate coffee inflation and ultimately gets turned away when she tries to pay with cash. Only G-Money, which sounds like a terrible rap name, but if you look at the counter is like a square Venmo-type payment processing thing. So I work in precious metals and tangible things like that. So some of this, to me, has that vibe of like, ah, fucking Biden and his digital currency, and he's going to go on. It like, <laughs> there's an undertone of that. Because I, I get some of it is that she's been in prison, so a lot of it's like, oh, man, the world has really changed. Time has passed. Yeah. But they even go into it with this later, where it's like those things are used to track the citizens. And so yeah. I give that, that whole of like... Man, this latte costs a lot, and you can't pay with real money anymore. <laughs> if only she had some silver coins, then she could have. Well, you know, if you're a thief, I think cash is going to be your currency. Yeah, so hard assets. I definitely feel for her in this case, especially as someone who struggles with change. Now, at a bodega around the corner, Selena gets her coffee for $2.50, not $20, and buys a dozen roses before hopping in a cab. She jumps the fence at an overgrown Wayne Manor and brings the flowers to Bruce's grave. Now, this is one of the first examples of just brilliant storytelling. As it pans out and around the plot, we see more graves, and she actually leaves a pair of roses 
for Thomas, Martha, Bruce, Alfred, and Dick. They're all gone. So right away, it's like, this is fucking foreign territory that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Cut to a helicopter as Selena lands on Iceberg Island, Penguin's offshore sanctuary for a casino and God knows what else. He looks like a white-haired version of the Batman from 2005, the Tom Kenny version. Mm-hmm. They call him Emperor Penguin, I think, in this. In his office, he explains that her money is gone. It was taken in a civil forfeiture, as the police do, and he refuses to loan her any startup cash due to her aging body and distrust of her abilities. Like, I don't think you can do all that ninja shit anymore. I think the comparison is interesting where she mentions that he blows all the money bringing her out there on the helicopter. So it's that combination of like extravagant spending, but also like, well, I can't actually loan you any money. I have Uh, it, yeah, but you can't have it. And he offers her a hostess job as he eyes her cleavage and says, only if you wear the cat suit. And she punches him in the face. (laughs) I like this part because it's cool seeing her like unmasked. We're not as often given like the inside scoop for like antagonist characters. Yeah. We're not always getting to see those like closed door conversations. What about the ones from Batman 69? Yeah, you're right. We did. We okay. did. That was yeah. a different one. Why didn't they call that Batman 69? Why didn't they call it that? Oh my God. Oh, it's Batman 66. But the, yeah. yeah, the adult version should have been Batman 69. Yeah, yeah. what? Fucking idiots. Oh my God. <laughs> but we got their whole like, mistake. where she throws the cat at them. Attack them, Cleopatra. Or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're 100% privy to their plans in that. <laughs> I think it's tight too because they are and aren't themselves. You know, they're like not being Catwoman and Penguin. They're like not even. They're even, just kind of old friends. Yeah. And the, the fact that they like know all this stuff about each other. She's asking and, for a loan. Yeah. Hey, can I borrow some money? Yeah. And I think it's so cool to. I didn't have any reason to like think that Selena wasn't a like strong, confident character, but it's really nice seeing somebody get pitched like that as well. You know, she's asking for what she needs. She's showing some humility in doing so. And then as soon as he says something stupid, she's like, fuck off, punches him, skedaddles. Yeah, like, Like, oh, that's still Catwoman. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That tracks. You're a badass. 24 hours ago, Selena tries to bolster her reputation by breaking into the new GCPD headquarters. She overestimates her abilities and is nearly caught. At home, she watches Dent on TV talking about how he's made Gotham safe partially with Bruce's fortune willed to the city upon Batman's death. I also like just to step back in that scene where she breaks in, you see the dynamic between like the stormtrooper street bat cops yeah. and the detectives were like, you guys are fucking dorks in your <laughs> power armor and your, mm-hmm. your stupid shit like... They have no, even though they're all these like tough guys with huge guns, they get no respect from even the other cops. I do appreciate that. <laughs> Calls them night vision. <laughs> it's implied here that the villains are all gone and that they've actually banned masks of any kind. So you can tell this was written before the pandemic. But um, there is also mention of another mayoral candidate running against him to which he points to his own scarred face and says, 
but she's not the only one with a disability. Cut to Barbara Gordon's campaign office. She is still, or again, because this is kind of a one-off universe, in a wheelchair. And she, Unrelated in this universe. Yeah. Right. She just was a skiing accident. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's just lazy, frankly. <laughs> she, she can walk if she wants. And she's not happy to see Selena. She specifically goes out of her way to call her Catwoman. Barbara laments the wasted time they spent on the Bat family when Bruce's money cleaned up the streets without vigilantes. Selena questions whether living in a police state is really an improvement. As the animosity builds between them, Selena says that she didn't kill them. And Barbara says, but you didn't save them either. Which I think like, is kind of harsh. When she says that in my head, I'm like, oh, was it like a, some kind of rogues gallery? And she was on the fence and that's what ended up killing him. I was like, no, it's just, you didn't save them either. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, there's a specific reason why she says that, that I underscored way, way later. I think it's rolled out very well because mm -hmm. it's shown in fragments. They could have just gone back and showed us the flashback at a certain point, but they give us little bits and pieces of the story throughout that keep you sort of emotionally invested in it. Mm. it but when you see the full thing, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, Jesus. Well, and that makes that story also the story of this. Yes. Because if you did that all at once at the beginning, it would just be like, okay, now you have the backstory, so now the story is Catwoman trying to do this thing. Yeah. Having it intertwined in there makes that also the story. And it doesn't do the thing where we've talked about they show you a scene and then like later there's a twist and they show you the scene in like a different light. Somebody and, hiding in the closet. Yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> Calendar Man in the mirror. And I think that's really neat. You can do that well. But this, I feel like, is more effective or at least less common. I can't think of a specific examples, but I, I do think I've seen that before. I mean, it's a Tarantino, Nolan sort of way of doing it. Well, it comes you know, to mind to me time. in probably other comic book contexts, especially like alternate universe or later things. Cause it's usually like this, where it's something extreme has happened where the hero died a long time ago or something. And they're doing that. Like they're slowly feeding you. They're like, buy the next issue, buy the next issue. Kind of. Yeah. Like why, <laughs> then we'll show you what why happened. did Spider-Man die 30 years ago? Like that, that's just that same kind of thing. I feel like I've seen it before. This doesn't feel derivative, but I do feel like I've experienced this where it's like, why is there no Superman? Like that kind of thing. And, yeah. Oh, okay. It's because he was turned into bugs and inserted in a computer or <laughs> I don't know something, <laughs> something insane or whatever mm -hmm. <laughs> weren't we just talking don't about steal my idea weren't we just talking about Oogie Boogie a minute ago yeah turn, speaking of turning into bugs I, th I think it's cool that you could be intentionally misleading by revealing the past at different times yeah and then the fact that they you know probably well intentionally but allow you as the audience member to like be deceived and change your feelings about something. You could read this scene and be like, "What did you do, Selena?" <laughs> you know, like you could you could start out by thinking that she was a turd and made a bad choice or something like that. But yeah. then as it goes on and you're seeing, then all of a sudden you like sympathize with her and stuff. So it, it's cool because it's crafted so that you might like change your feelings about the scenario or the characters over time. Yeah, because you trust Barbara. And you so can, like, if she's mad at you, maybe you deserve it yeah, a little bit. For yeah, sure. and you can only make your opinion off of the information the, that you have. Yeah, exactly. And so if they're giving you these 
little bits and pieces, then it's going to evolve and you're going to change with it, you know? Mm-hmm. I just want to point out that on this page, which give me my numbers, please. Six. Eight. On page 33 at the very top, there's just a close-up of Barbara's eyes and her glasses and her eyebrows make a bat symbol. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah, the little connecting piece there. I'll between take that the instead of a Batmobile with a face. But that's fine. A face with a bat symbol, even better. Reminds me of Batman Returns when Selena's sitting at the desk in Walken's office mm. and that, that lamp is casting the shadow through her glasses, gives her cat ears on her face. That's mm-hmm. so good. Cliff does this neat thing with his colors where people's wrinkles a lot of times or details on other things like note cards in the back of Barbara's office and stuff. But not everything gets black lines, and I think that's really cool. It's something that they'll do in cartoons a lot of times where the outline or some of the details will just be like a darker shade of the interior color. Yeah, that especially way, those wrinkles because it's very subtle. Totally. And if it was... Uh, like she if, doesn't look like she's 100, yes, but she's yeah. older. Yeah, for sure. And I just think that's so cool because then it, it doesn't make... It doesn't make the over-rendered Bruce Wayne in a car with Thomas Elliott thing that we complained about yeah, before. Yeah. Aged 50 years. Yeah. Just getting in the car. From that one shadow. <laughs> I just think that's a neat style touch. So last thing in this scene, Selena, on her way out the door, turns back to say, what is Orpheus? Later, Selena goes to a bar for out-of-work henchmen. Remind me the name. It's like the... Stockpot. Stockpot, right. She finds Killer Croc in a similar state of disrepair, <laughs> looking like an extra from The Sopranos. He's visibly <laughs> overweight so cool. in a wife beater, an unbuttoned jersey, and a newsboy cap. A Kangol cat. Yes. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so awesome. He's excited to see her, asking immediately to team up and relive the glory days. He said, I used to be the king of Gotham. And Dent shows up, taking Selena's beer, saying she missed her parole check-in, and saying that she should retire before ending up in prison once again. She said, wow, retire or go to jail? Why don't you choose? And hands him a quarter to flip. When Dent leaves, she tells Croc, you know what, maybe we will team up. And remembers the word Orpheus. Says her new plan is to break into the Batcave on election day. Another thing that's interesting here is that they have this plan and to a certain extent we're learning about the Orpheus mystery as the characters are but they don't just give us like guys in a room exposition dump here's the plan and they lay out the blueprint and the whatever you know mm-hmm. there's a blueprint scene later but they don't really just do that we're kind of also piecing it together in fragments just like the rest of the story which makes it interesting when there's a kind of like a trope about that where it's always if you see the plan, that means it's not going to work out. So if you don't sure. see the plan, it probably is going to work out. <laughs> Interesting. Because in the once they lay it out, then it can't happen the way they've laid it out. Like the, if you see a gun, then it's going to get used later sort of rule. Yeah, unless they intentionally don't do that to psych you out. True. So we cut back now to the opening scene, rooftop of the GCPD. These high-tech cops are shooting at her. Diving through a window, she very conspicuously steals a box of evidence and starts digging through it with haste. I love the full-page splash of her 
running, smiling across the rooftop, and those two assholes just shooting at nothing. In the yeah, just, <laughs> just unloading the wrong way. Yeah, at nothing. <laughs> like, you dorks. This box that she pulls yeah. says roof. <laughs> <laughs> Finding a batarang in the box, she stops dead in her tracks, removes her mask, and you could see a change of emotion on her face. She thinks back to what's called Fool's Night 10 years ago. On top of a burning building, the same building, headquarters of the police department, Batman has clearly been blown up by the same bomb that fucked up the top of the building. That's gruesome. Yeah, Seeing yeah. that rendered in this style, too, that's kind of like Yeah, it's very classic. cartoony, and, yeah. and everything's almost Tim Sale sort of like... Mm flat colors and you know totally different vibe you don't really expect a big bloody his chest looks like like ground beef and ketchup it looks yeah, disgusting like deadpool's face it looks gross <laughs> also i thought of my, i mean there's more more examples but probably one of the big ones is just watchmen but like as watchmen is going on you are learning why there are no superheroes anymore and what yeah. happened to them and you're yeah. just kind of getting little bits so batman's in bad shape and he can barely speak but he manages to ask if Gordon survives. Catwoman says no. He hands her some kind of batarang and says something about Orpheus as a police copter approaches and she attempts to wave them back. There's still an active bomb on the roof. Now we see SWAT team rushing to the roof. They open fire, exploding what's left of the building. This seems pretty common, not just for life itself, but... Gotham cops specifically have just like, hey, we've learned more information. Fuck that. Shoot. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, just because it's worth noting for where it goes with later in the story, when he hands her and says Orpheus, he also says, save the city, as if this will be the magic MacGuffin that's going to, mm. oh, this will make things right. This will save everything. Present day, Barbara opens a package from Selena. I thought you should have this. Tearfully, she opens up her father's pipe because this commissioner gordon did crack i don't want to <laughs> don't want to mislead you on what kind That's of pipe one hitter crack it, yeah <laughs> his most treasured bomb but no i did think that was that was very nice though it's cool it's got like mushrooms glass mushrooms on the side yeah, little really little sweet knobbies it's the jesse pinkman signature <laughs> cut to dent's office the police commissioner said he didn't feel that good about letting selena go free as a favor Dent dismissed this concern, saying, the plan is working. She broke in and stole evidence. We've got her angry. When she's angry, she's going to make mistakes. The election, he says, is a sure thing when we arrest her or put her in a body bag. End of book one. She had a nice little Chat Noir black cat poster on the mm -hmm. wall, which I like. I stared at that, and I was like, I swear to God, in Catwoman Win in Rome or on one of the covers or something, they did a version yeah, of that, right? Yeah, they reimagined it with her. Mm -hmm. I thought they did, yeah. This is, but this is like the actual thing. Yeah, the real poster. And they show mm -hmm. it two or three different times too, just mm -hmm. to like, yes, did you see? Black cat. Hey, dummy. <laughs> Get it? Book two, Fool's Night. Joker is streaming live at Gotham Square, telling people to rise up. He says to turn on the Joker app and see all the other like-minded people around you. There's more of us than there are of them. Soon people mask up with Joker faces and start rioting. 
much like the end of Todd Phillips' Joker film. But not just straight writing, because this is another example of... This is pretty scary. Yeah, the tone of this book... Like The kind, Purge. Yeah, yeah. kind of hidden underneath the colors and the art style. It's not just that they're writing. It's like there's a guy in an office who puts on a clown mask and then shoots everyone else up in the office. Yeah. It's like... That's extreme yeah. for a depiction of people turning to Joker's side. Yeah, yeah, this just makes Gotham seem like extra evil. Yeah. Like all like these people were eagerly, people <laughs> eagerly waiting. waiting for a chance yeah. to... Uh, I do like that, though, because if you're going to make... Oh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like it as well. I think it's good, but it's just like really... Scary. If the chewed up Batman five pages ago didn't sell it to you, <laughs> yeah. this was like, oh man, this is a bad yeah. world. This is a Black Label yeah. story. But... I like it in the way that the Riddler had his followers in the Batman film because if you're going to get people going along with the Joker, you should probably show what that really means. Mm. You know, mm. That's one of the reasons I liked Punchline is because at first it was like, oh, I don't want to read about the Joker's new girlfriend and Harley's replacement. And that I thought that sounded really stupid. And then when I actually read, I think it was her origin in the 80th anniversary issue of The Joker, where they had all, all these shorts from different writers, and I was blown away by it because it was very, it was a very modern kind of meta thing where you have this sociopath who sees what he's doing. She starts committing heinous crimes sort of in his likeness to get his attention mm -hmm. and has this disgusting fascination with his nastiest side. And to me, that feels real. Not to veer off into other things, but like when you read manifestos or social media posts that these real-life killers make, they reference each other, mm -hmm. you know? There's a, a whole slew of them that like mention this Elliot Roger guy, and like there's constantly it'll be a like a copycat or a one up, or I'm gonna try to um, get more than you, you know, like this whole thing. So I I really like if you're gonna take a character that's that deplorable, they're gonna show what that means because otherwise it's like a like in White Knight you're going people are gonna vote for the Joker like oh no he never actually murdered anybody yeah this like, is not that oh okay mm -hmm. you know <laughs> so this, this I like more. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. This is, uh, if we're going to go all the way back, not an edgelord Joker, just a straight-up evil yeah. Yeah. Joker. And the contrast of all this is so funny. Like, Joker in the digital age, and he's you know, a jumbo <laughs> screen, but then <laughs> He's like, got his own YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, the backgrounds of each of his things, uh, balloons, uh, uh, kitty faces. With, yeah, <laughs> like, but the stuff that he's saying and then what, follows directly afterwards is so contrasting to that. Yeah, he's still cartoony and stuff. He's just equally evil. I like the way he looks in this too because he yeah. looks more like a human. Well, this reminds me both of Invincible. Mm. Again, with like the super bright, fantastic color palette mixed with just horrific violence. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, the cool stuff. That's where it's at. Yeah, also, yeah. I got my the, Invincible compendium that I want to crack open, man. I'm excited to reread it. Even though uh, the other stuff is more that like Darwin Cook. Yeah. I could see that. Animated series, Bruce Tim. That kind of look. Some of it is that looking at Joker's face in this reminds me more of like Gary Frank or some of like the hmm. um, 
because I think Gary Frank did whatever that series was that was like the Squadron Supreme. Maybe it was just called Supreme. It was like ultra-violent Marvel Max reimagining of this 70s superhero squad that's like hmm. alternate Superman and Batman or whatever. But like just his face and that looks very... There's this this specific one in that scene where he's about to put on the Joker mask and it's like... I feel like that's one of the most realistic looking faces in this. My favorite to- thing is that you pulled that up, zoomed in on it, and as you turned it, it turned the page. <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, where you compare to like the way Barbara looked in some of those other scenes, and like she almost didn't look like a real person. He to me looked like Tim Curry. That's what he yeah. reminded me of a little bit. Yeah, I guess as I was it. thinking more <laughs> actors' faces than. I actually haven't even seen those movies, but. Uh, I guess I would think of like Home Alone you too. Seen any and he Tim makes Curry that movie? Grinch or, smile. Uh, no, I haven't seen the the It movies. What's the oh. one Midnight Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, Rocky I mean, if you haven't seen it, you've seen sure. images of him. Yeah, yeah, as that it's just embedded in pop culture. <laughs> no, but like uh, the, Clue. I remember seeing a trailer for. Uh, I think it was the second It movie. I remember seeing like it's like Bill Hader and like all these actors I really like. I'm like, oh, what is this? Awesome. And then it showed what it is. I'm like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> The first uh, one was good. Yeah, those movies are great. Nearby, Batgirl tells the fam to go to GCPD headquarters and she's overruled by Batman. It'll <laughs> be too personal because her father's there. Catwoman says, we'll save him. Telling the story in this order is especially effective because we know she doesn't save him. And now we know why Barbara said that. Like, you didn't kill him. Well, you didn't save him either. Yeah, but also either. Batman who got blown up didn't save him either. Like it's. I know, but like one thing that's interesting about but, this but is... But Barbara could have been there if she hadn't gotten beat. Uh, exactly. And she would have she was robbed. And she could have gotten blown up. <laughs> but she was robbed of that chance. Uh-huh. And... What's interesting to me is the book overall, it deals with age and mortality. Worry about other people's safety and your responsibility in that. But also, there's sort of a running theme of overestimating yourself. And she still thinks she's got it. Selena, I mean. And a lot of times, she doesn't have it under control. And it doesn't go the way that she plans. You cut back to this... And there's an example of her also being a little bit cocky or arrogant and being way wrong Mm -hmm. and the cost of that. So it's not just saying that this is how the character is now because she's been out of the game, but it's also saying like this is kind of who she is. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like she's just a little bit of a hot shot and might not always get it right. Sure. Versus Batman, who generally is right, even though he's yeah. But I mean, we've seen that in Batman series too, where even if it's like an alternate universe story or future or in universe, where it's a similar kind of thing. Like every now and then they'll switch it up and be like, "No, he actually was right, and he didn't murder that person. It was a trick, and someone pretended to be him." But other times they've done that where he's like, he fails for sure. But I guess the only reason I pointed out is because I like that. Anytime you can do sort of deeper character development. If that's a running theme or a pattern of the character at this point, and we think we know that reason, uh-huh. then to show that happen in an earlier scene that's set way in the past when she is supposedly, you would think, top of her game, then it's like, okay, that's just another little reinforcement of what we're telling you about the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think about it until now, but 
Barbara on this rooftop is not in a wheelchair. Yeah, uh, she's Batgirl. Yeah, and Joker presumably dies in the roof explosion. So, however, she became a paraplegic. So I was joking, but also right. Wait, <laughs> it was like a skiing accident. Or... Joker yeah. died in that thing? I yeah. didn't think he was physically there. No, remember Batman was punching yeah, him in the face and the bomb goes right, off. Yeah, they're like right, right on top of each other. Yeah, it's they're, very uh, under the red hood. They're spooning. <laughs> she got polio, uh, actually. Yeah, I mean, and they don't around. say, but it explodes and Joker's not there anymore. So I'm guessing yeah. he's like the rooftop. So, however. That's interesting. Did you injure yourself on that ski slope? I can't do a walking. I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're talking uh, to my guy all wrong. I'm going to stab you in the face for the soldering iron. Also, um, I like... Joe Dirt. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> Me neither. I have a little bit of respect for myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't. So. For myself or yours? <laughs> Both. <laughs> for myself? Their costumes look cool in this to me. And the way that Cliff found ways to show, like, separations in appendages. Yeah, muscle quadrants. I don't know. Without making stuff look like it's... The, really layered or it doesn't look like a Christopher Nolan Batsu where it looks like armor or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, it like it has enough detail to not look like it's just spandex, but it's not like layers on layers, bug armor and I'm uh, not a huge fan it. of the um Batgirl of Burnside costume. I'm not sure why, but I really this, like it. This rendition of it I think looks fantastic. Mm. I'm not sure if it's maybe a little a little more costumey looking and a little less like practical i feel like the batgirl mm. the modern batgirl costume looks very much like like a military outfit or something like that with a cape added sure where this mm. looks a little more like a bat costume mm -hmm. also he's doing a good job with batman yeah he looks pretty good yeah i really like the art style on this how do you feel about the chin cover? general oh i like the chin cover. You like the chin cover <laughs> yeah. very yeah. samurai or I just get it. It makes more sense to me that it's like a helmet, not a thing that just goes under your <laughs> chin in the neck void. He gets shot in the head, and then the next scene he pulls it off, and it's just fabric. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> All right. Present day, Barbara softens her approach after receiving that gift and invites Selena to coffee. They briefly discuss Orpheus, but even Barbara doesn't know the details. She warns that the Batcave security is still intact, and no matter what she does now, Bruce isn't coming back. Cut to a Batman-like training montage where Selina pushes herself and Croc past the limit. It's two Push months... Push it to the limit. <laughs> I was actually listening to that song coincidentally yesterday. For what reason? I don't know. I don't remember why it was <laughs> playing for something. Okay. Move along the razor's edge. You got... So I just I hear that Take when I see this. To the limit. <laughs> Different mood oh. that song, I think. <laughs> it's two months from election day. We also get bits of them living together and a funny gag about croc not flushing. Putting them together as Aging roommates who don't have any place to go. Uh, is I would watch this. Kind of funny. Funny. I would yeah. watch this sitcom. Yeah, it, yeah it's like the Harley Quinn show where they all live yeah. together. Like I think that would be funny. Selena goes to OG Beast, a skate shop slash clothing store owned by her friend Rowena. The scene starts with two thieves eyeing some Bat Force Ones, which I'm not 100 percent sure isn't also a nod to our friends in the Bat Force. 
Cliff did appear as a guest on the show when this book came out. Wow. So I don't know if it's a double pun of Air Force Ones or just a nod to the shoe, but, you know. Did they actually make 89 Jordans back in the day? No. I don't know. But I guarantee you there are Batman Jordans now. Yeah, yeah. For the past decade, at least. I mean, there could have been, though, because Nike was... Oh, that's cool. I didn't Nike was what Keaton wore in the movie, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that recently. I didn't even notice this, but the guy says, damn, 89 Bat Force ones says tinker tinker is an actual dude who worked this tinker hatfield mm. that was like a designer for nike That's james funny. hatfield i pictured yeah. toy man the little japanese boy who likes power girls. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of harley he was on that show the other day it was pretty funny in a secret back room rowena has a whole lab of people working selena asks for help Immigrants. on her old worn out suit <laughs> Rowena appoints her son, Winston, who is a little starstruck, saying that he had her poster on the wall as a kid. I love the poster, the Jim Ballant era Catwoman. Yeah. If I was to meet Cliff Chang at a con, I would ask him to draw me the... Oh, like an eight and a half by 11 version of the that? The 90s, a, yeah, Catwoman. by 12 version. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> and I, I love it too, because one, the framing of it, even though it's extremely cropped, immediately highlights like, why he liked this poster so much yes, on the wall. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Jim's fake tit yeah. obsession. Yes. <laughs> I think that that's funny too, because of course we have these fictional characters merchandise, but these not fictional characters in their world, despite being super villains, also have their own merchandise. So that's also selling posters of them. Yeah. yeah. That's also kind of a white knight thing. Or like I just saw the trailer for the Marvels or wherever the new Captain Marvel movie is. Uh -huh. And I noticed that when it was introducing one of the other characters, like in her bedroom, there's an actual Brie Larson Captain Marvel poster in the room. And hmm. I think they did the same thing in Black Adam. Like, what? Stuff's kind of interesting. At a fancy hotel, Selena not, goes... Not just that, but that they're iconic enough that she's like, which one of my posters did you have? Oh, the titty <laughs> one? Yeah, yeah. That's all right. That's yeah, okay. I they, made money off of that. Because they make that joke twice, and there's two different posters at least. Angie and I were just talking about that. My wife and I, we went to that con in Austin, and then right after GalaxyCon announced like, oh, Sarah Michelle Gellar, who was like my childhood crush, right? She's like, oh, I'd go and meet her. I'm like, oh, yeah, what am I going to say? Oh, I jacked off to you when I was 12 years old. Like, <laughs> Don't say you that. Know, like, but then- Can't they, you just go, I'm a huge fan of Buffy. I had a great Sam, time. No, I'm just joking. Like, I can I'm lie. Just, I can lie. I can lie. <laughs> I, can, I can lie. I can do this. No, but like right after that, they announced a signing with Jenna Jameson. And I was like, okay. I've been a huge fan of your work since I was a child. This is, this is, <laughs> this is he, he actually comes up with the two scenarios and then just ends up switching them. Oh, no. <laughs> TV show was yeah, really yeah. good. I was going to say the jacking off thing to you, but then I said it to the wrong person. You're going to laugh when I tell you why I just yeah. said that. Now, for the record, they were both mail-ins, so these are hypothetical conversations. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I, Andrew goes, what, what do you even say to a person like that? And I was like, I mean, they give awards for fucking yeah. blowjobs and anal and shit. Like, I, I'm i a big fan of your work. It's those, a lot to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Those your, people, your art changed my life. Those <laughs> people may have more specific conversations than uh, your people whose work is not intended for use in that way. Yeah. I don't know, but be uh, pretty fucking awkward either way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's <laughs> pretending that they're not doing what they're doing and those people are fully 
living it and yeah. embracing it. Oh, you know what made me think of this though is when you're talking about like, oh yeah, I made money off that sexy one or whatever. But like, if you were to meet any celebrity, like, okay, I met Rose McGowan this summer. I had her sign my Planet Terror DVD, Ugh. right? But if I had brought the Rolling Stone cover uh. of her naked with Rosario Dawson, that would be weird. <sighs> I'm sure she gets it a lot, Yeah, but I would feel weird. I also think it's the era of it too. Because one, you, you have to remember that a lot of those people who are going up there are just like eBay flippers. Mm -hmm. So they go up to them with just a stack of shit and they're just like, yeah, can you sign all this so I can go sell it? Yeah. Versus like someone who's legitimately, I, this picture of you is really, really cool and I'd love to have an autograph of it. Yeah. But I think the era too were like, because Rose McGowan was pretty big in all the Me Too stuff, maybe she'd still think it was cool. Well, totally, like, yeah, that... Yeah. So if you did it now, that'd be kind of weird. But maybe like the the month that came out, and you saw her somewhere, and you're like, okay. So oh, I met you? I met Giancarlo Esposito. So let's talk about him instead. So that we'll sexy say, cover we'll say of him. That, yeah, that Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition that he did. You know, I'm sure he gets that all the time, and it's like, ugh, this again. Like, do you even care about my acting? You know, I don't know. That's because I was thinking about this the other day. I just started playing Cyberpunk again. Cyberpunk was like a game. Thank you for explaining. Yeah, it's a video game you play with a controller on a TV or computer. <laughs> okay. Do you remember those? Yes. It was hyped. It was going to be like the biggest thing. It took seven years to make it came out. And it was like, depending on the system you got it for, it was completely buggy, janky, didn't really deliver on a lot of ways. He was about ways. to use a racist word and he didn't do it. Thank you. No, I don't say that word. Oh, I didn't know you had one in mind. I just, <laughs> I just knew that's where you were going to go. No. That's um, who you are. But, uh, but so Keanu Reeves is in that game. He plays like a guy gets stuck in your head, basically like a little split personality. But, of course, because it's a video game, people have modded it to like, yeah, you can have sex with him or you can oh, make God. him naked, all that kind of stuff. And there's a, one of those Vanity Fair interviews or like Wired or something like that that everyone does now mm. where it's him and then also Carrie Ann Moss, who's also been in a video game recently where they use her likeness. In oh, totality. was that Actors on Actors? Because I love that series it on YouTube. It was on YouTube. It was something like that with one yeah, of those, I like those reputable outlets. But they were asking him about it. And it was funny because he was so pumped. He's like, I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool that people can do whatever they want. And she was like, I don't like them yeah, doing no. that. <laughs> so that's some of that I think is like different people, obviously, but also men and women's of like, oh, it's so nice to have somebody think I'm attractive. <laughs> yeah, so great. yeah, yeah. Versus someone else being like, uh, no, it's enough. Like, did you have to bring this one? Yeah, yeah. A, little, a little too creepy. Or put a little sign on the table that's like, I do not sign the Rolling Stone cover <laughs> yeah. from 2007. <laughs> All right, back to the story. At a fancy hotel, Selena goes undercover as the Duchess of Galonia. While booking the biggest suite, a nearby customer curses at the staff because he wants the same room. This guy is a real Karen, but he backs down when he sees her behind him at the counter. The Duchess whispers, meet me at the bar tonight, as she walks to her room. That night, they meet at the hotel bar, and it's a Watchmen-inspired scene between Catwoman and Eddie, the former Riddler. I fucking love this. Yeah. He is now a retired, sober widower and single father who said that he was on a lot of drugs during his flamboyant Riddler years. <laughs> the scene is brilliantly written, cutting forward in time with each row of panels. So we were talking about how it cuts time with the flashbacks, but this is great because it's an hours-long discussion, and we're never hearing a whole complete thought. We're just getting you know, three or four panels in like one or two-hour intervals, and we kind of get to 
be a fly on the wall for, their for whole the whole evening. night, which yeah. is really cool. At the end, he writes his phone number on a napkin, leaving a question mark in place of the last digit. Love it. This fucking scene. Who would have thought 50-some-year-old, out-of-costume Batman villains would be like, this is the shit. Uh, this is, again, what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Like, I could use just, like, a borderline... bank? No, not spank bank, unless you get, like, step on Cedric to draw it. Then <laughs> yeah, maybe. there you go. Because <laughs> I was thinking about that, of, like, why why that didn't work for me. It's because I'm just not as into the... I don't like the... Yeah, that crazy fucker is so hot. Like, that doesn't... That's <laughs> yeah. not... It yeah. doesn't do anything for me at all. Yeah. But, like, this is, like, romantic and charming. Well, yeah, doesn't this play like out just like Spectre and Owlman and fucking yeah. Watchmen? Yeah, the, you know, kind of reminiscing over the old days and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we survived. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. So I could use, like... I don't know, this is interesting, especially in the context of these characters as superheroes. That's why I really digged, I've said it before, the Tom King, Batman, Catwoman romance arc. It's just fun. There's a whole thing where, I think I mentioned it before too, they double date with Lois and and Clark. Yeah. And they wear each other's costumes. (laughs) I remember seeing the cover, but I, I haven't read it. One day, I especially want to get just the Batman Catwoman collected from the 12 or 13 issue run mm. that they did with Clay Mann. I tried reading his his run, as you probably remember. I read like 20 issues or something, and it was somewhere, it was like halfway through War for Jokes and Riddles, and I was just like, I, I just can't. Yeah, it's, I just can't. It's like, the I end. liked the Batman Catwoman stuff, and I hated everything. Like, the main storyline, I just couldn't do it. It wasn't until the end of War and Jokes and Riddles, the conclusion to that story, I was like, that fucking rules that is really mm. cool the way that story is concluded and what it was all about and the whole point of it was great well that's cool because i i knew that it had favorable reviews and i thought okay well i'm at least gonna give this section a chance because uh, i was already like i don't think i'm gonna oh, well that's coming up i better read through that people mm-hmm. like that i'll give it another chance kept going and i just remember like their first conversation it was like in some kind of office and Joker and Riddler talking to each other. And I was like, who the fuck talks like this? Like, I just, you know. Yeah. But it could just be a style thing that doesn't click for you. But we do need to read some Tom King. I don't think we have it all yet. No. I wasn't into it the first arc or whatever. It just was strange coming off of the Snyder run. It yeah. Just, it just felt weird. I wasn't ready for it. But then again, by the time they got to the end of that arc and the conclusion of it, I was like, that's brilliant. That's really cool. Nice. In addition to, uh, being surprised and liking how well written in general this is, but the female characters in this, I also really like the like sexual aspects of this. Like it doesn't suddenly seem like a boy is writing this kind of flirtatious, sexy stuff. Uh Like he still stays like, Oh no, this is just like a confident adult woman goes for what she wants. It's consensual. There's no weird, like, I know this is what you want. Yeah, it's like some of the stuff is drawn out. There's, like, a tension to it. The tension is the best Yeah, that I can actually, like, feel almost. You're talking about, like, with her and Eddie? Yeah. They don't just instantly go and, like, bang There's no overt sexual stuff. It's That's the the beauty of seeing that conversation play out over hours. Yeah. The fact that they were talking to each other for five hours. And really enjoying it and going. From it doesn't place to obviously place just and... instantly culminate with sex mm. or something. Well, yeah, they're just catching up. I think Lonely City is a great title because there's a sense that sort of everyone's glory days are behind them. 
And when they do brush up against each other again, there's sort of this like, oh man, I, I kind of been looking for some kind of connection here. Mm-hmm. You know, we get this weird team up that keeps happening as, as the team expands and is like, what? what? Sure. Okay. Yeah, man. Fuck. It's been a long time, you know? So whatever yeah. they felt about each other before. They remember the good things and not the bad things. It's like, what does it matter at this age? You yeah. Know? Let's take the good that we have now. Turns out all of those arrivals that I had were the only people in the world that I could actually relate to. They could get it, yeah. Yeah, as an old person, maybe we could be buddies. The weirdest thing about this and just their overall relationship in this, which is great, is I just couldn't get out of my head their relationship in when in Rome. Both the, the, <laughs> their relationship and also the like the Riddler and that the is such a, a weasel. Weasel, like even physically, <laughs> he's like four feet tall yeah. and like spindly and just... Little dweeb. That's the same guy. <laughs> I did get to meet Jeff Loeb a couple of weeks ago and I was really happy until I realized that like his price had gone up a bunch and so I had like 10 books in my bag and I'm like... Oh, no, shit. All right. So I only got him to sign things that I already had signed by Tim Sale or Jim Lee or something like that, Mm. just to kind of complete them, left everything else in there. But while I was at the con, I found the first issue of When in Rome and bought it and brought it over to him. And then I was like, ooh, I can't afford that, though. So now I just fucking have it. (laughs) Someday. (laughs) I'll meet him again. Oh, thanks. Ben. 30 years ago, Another short but very effective scene, Catwoman, dressed in her 66 costume, is stealing some jewels when Batman catches her. It's implied that this is the very first time. He grabs her belt as she tries to escape, and she flips around, straddling him. As she moves in for a kiss, he unhooks the stolen necklace. Catwoman runs away, saying, live a little. I just like that, too, because that's... That is referenced more than what's the first appearance of Catwoman in that jewelry store that just has that specific like Victorian look or whatever. So I love seeing different people's interpretation of that scene and what that jewelry store looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the costumes. He gets yeah. to draw multiple versions of these characters. This is where I notice the outlines the most. Specifically, <laughs> maybe it's because yeah. of the, the content of the scene, but it's when <laughs> she's doing like the handstand move with like her legs kind of scissored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like the boldness of the outline of her body and the shadow on the wall. Yeah. The pink lines of the um batarangs hitting. I it just love like, Catwoman's pink lines, let fantastic. me tell you. Too just far? Like, it's your podcast. <laughs> When they do, you're um, goddamn right, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> it's my show. We talk about like with uh, whoever did like the modern Dragon Ball Z movies, like yeah. the, the big thick lines and the thinner lines of the black outlining it. Yep. Just like, I love some variable line weight. I love the just the close up panels of their eyes locking, her mouth moving in, and then the surprise in her eyes as mm-hmm. it unlatches from her neck. Because, geez, Boy Scout, you ruined the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Couldn't wait. Present day, Winston gives Catwoman her new suit and upgraded shoes, knee braces, and comms in the ears. While discussing the Batcave security obstacles, he nonchalantly mentions a Green Lantern ring that he saw at Star Labs. This is kind of our first indication that they're going to be branching out and using the full DC lore to an extent. Which I love. In her new suit, Catwoman breaks in to steal the ring. Croc creates a diversion, but it's short-lived, and she's chased by private security wielding freeze guns. I think the new suit is fantastic. It has some of those elements that I really like from um, 
like Spider Gwen or the earlier Miles Morales suits. The hoodie mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah, or like <laughs> even it goes back to like the Scarlet Spider. Mm-hmm. Like the idea mm-hmm. of like a regular superhero suit mixed with some kind of like casual though. Yeah, like a sweatshirt <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's obviously it's like, athletic. Yeah. It's cold on those rooftops, guys. <laughs> Betrayed by her dated memory of the city's layout, her escape route is compromised and she's cornered. She ends up using the ring to teleport away. Cue Ben Polanski. That's my note. Cue Ben. What? Cuban. Cuban B. Yo, I'm Cuban. <laughs> yes, Cuban B. Yes. Yes. Maybe we've already done it on the show. I don't know. But she teleports away, and you've been very adamant that that is not what people think. Oh it yeah, is. she's dead. <laughs> no, the <laughs> that Catwoman that we see in the next panel is not. The it's Catwoman just a clone. That we saw no, the this the. How dare you? How dare you? I was giving you the floor. Throw ambush me in with my this. Ambush <laughs> you. You yeah. have been ready to argue about this every time I've seen you. The Green Lantern ring is a magical supernatural device. So okay. I'm fine with the teleportation so, exists in their universe. Magic is that. It doesn't have the same science fiction rules that say a, a man-made device. Yeah, a thing have. that breaks you down into nothing yeah. and then reassembles you somewhere else. Okay. It has to break you down to nothing. Okay. This angers me so much that you would even <laughs> conflate the two <laughs> things. I'm going to use bigger words, yeah. bigger and bigger words, because my anger Man, those, cannot those, be contained. Yeah, those two syllables small are fucking language. really making me feel small. No, it's uh, it. magic. That's what. So I'm okay, okay with it because it's magic. It's Got the it. same time when they do like their boom tubes where they go from the dark sure, seeds world yeah. and whatever. Magic I, is. That's funny ways. though because I legitimately thought I'm like, okay, I'm going to be reading this portion and he's just going to be like festering mad or whatever. Catwoman died at the end. <laughs> <laughs> then the clone of Catwoman continues the story on. I don't know why, but I didn't really think about the fact that Catwoman's new suit has the no pupils thing going on. Oh, yeah. I didn't either. She looks a lot like Wildcat. Wildcat. Wildcat's the guy who trained her. The guy who's like in the Justice Society. Oh. The guy who wears the black cat costume. Right. They mention him for a brief moment. He's yeah. in it, right? Wakanda yeah. forever! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Wildcat, right. yeah. All right, so the next day, Catwoman's reappearance makes the front page of the paper and is brought up by Dent's press conference as well. He blames the commissioner, which is funny to the reader because we know that the commissioner was opposed to her release and did it just for him. And uh, he tells the people not to worry because she can't hide from us. And we cut to him off stage, and he goes, how is she hiding from us? And I love that. Dent's man in a lab coat says she's without a G-band and she's paying in cash, so she's basically off the grid. We can't find her with Biden's tools. <laughs> she didn't get her vaccine microchip. Oh, that's supposed to happen tomorrow. This date, this podcast, but there's a big, uh, <laughs> tomorrow we're all going to be turned into zombies or something. It's funny. I just saw a funny what? like screenshot. They're of- going to they're gonna release the Marobin signals or whatever, something that will activate the vaccines and turn us into zombies. Tomorrow? It's either through Wi-Fi or 5G. Yes, 5G, which, uh, yeah, is what I saw. I, which but, thread you're reading. Well, it's funny because Ange was watching some TikTok about that. And I'm like, what the fuck are these idiots talking about? And she goes, you literally posted about this yesterday. And I was like, oh, I just posted some dumbasses talking about conspiracies. I didn't actually like... Dive in. One, I didn't, I didn't know, know I was like, supposed to read I didn't know, the article. Like, this is current news or something. I just thought, like, oh, here's their next big dumb thing. I just think you'll know it's true if the next one of these we do is really good. 
<laughs> and you'll know we've been changed against our will, <laughs> and now we're entertaining. And no, we've been replaced with AI. That's yeah. what it is. Overlooking a disassembled Batmobile, they discuss Batman's Minority Report influenced predictive AI. I love the introduction of that in this. They talked about it a little bit. It wasn't until seeing the disassembled Batmobile that's like his tech was so advanced. That they're still using the Batmobile Years to power later, it. You have to power it, and they're <laughs> trying, they're doing whatever they can to get it. And he had like this insane profiling technology, which he was like, this is actually bad. So I'm not going to use it to its full extent, but I'm going to use it whatever. I, and they're like, no, we're just going to use it to profile who we think is going to be a <laughs> yeah, No, we're going to do the thing yeah. that you didn't want to happen. And it gives you a better idea of like what exactly is the tech in those guys' masks mm -hmm. that are patrolling the city. Mm hmm. At the penthouse, Winston says the ring is dead. The Green Lantern ring needed a charger device because this is like the old first lantern version. Yeah, it had a lantern with it. And said it was destroyed in, quote, some crisis event. Selena picks up the phone and says, plan fucking B. Barbara stages a protest in Crime Alley, or Park Row, right in front of the Monarch Theater which the public now knows is the origin of Batman because they know it's Bruce Wayne. Both tenants and landlords unite to protest Dent's new stadium development that'll force residents out of their homes. Inspired by Catwoman, a protester in the crowd puts on a cat mask and then dozens follow suit. I love one of the, there's eight panels and one of them is Harvey Dent going, they'll complain, but also be first in line to buy tickets. Go Knights! And just the illustration of him like wearing his jacket with one fist raised, like mm -hmm. big shit eating grin getting into his motorcade. Hey guys, I don't know what they're so angry about, but things are gonna be real good soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cliff does a really good job like turning him into this like the amount of PR political spin things yeah, that Harvey does. And this is like so awesome. He just does a really good He's very job writing. Two faced. That. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my god. Smartest man in the world. Well, that's it for our show. Yeah. <laughs> At the penthouse, Plan B arrives. Because as I've mentioned, there was a lot of fucking taking place. Mm -hmm. And now she doesn't want <laughs> she doesn't want what they call a geriatric pregnancy. Oh. No, but Plan B arrives. It's Riddler and his daughter Edie. Eddie and Edie. Edie's wearing a Wonder Woman or Wonder Girl sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. Nice little touch. Selena speaks to her in Spanish, saying it's nice to have another girl around. Edie also kind of fangirls here, saying, I had your poster. The red sky with the black goggles. She had the Adam Hughes one. <laughs> also <laughs> yeah. overtly sexual. And uh, Selena looks not at her, but at Winston and says, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> the humor in this is funny. This well, that's is, good. This is uh, <laughs> no, I mean, but it some, is legitimately some, funny. Yeah, yeah, it's actually funny. I, I, no, I no, don't I'm with you. The, your whole like, like I can't lie about stuff. I am incapable of laughing at things that <laughs> I don't think are funny. Yeah, and this is actually funny. And it's not overtly funny. Like most of it isn't. It's just very natural. When yeah. there's a moment for a it's funny situational. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. There's another one later that I really laughed at, and we'll talk about that when we get when Croc pulls his dick out. No, that was erotic. Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was funny. funny I didn't about that. Yeah. I uh, just noticed that... two-page spread. <laughs> the scales were graphic, but, you know. What's the lady's name from the shop? Rowena. 
I just noticed that her delivery bags say Speed, Speed Force. Force. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then also her sweater has cheetah on it. <laughs> well, and before at her shop, so they had like the Bat Force ones and they had skateboards with the Flash logo on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then her shirt was like that Supreme brand, but yes. it was like Super Comma Man or mm-hmm. something. Same scene, this kid's wearing a trillionaire green team. There's a Pharrell had a clothing company called Billionaire Boys Club. Oh, okay. that, that looks like that logo. So I get the feeling that Cliff is really into, like, he must like yeah culture. he must like streetwear stuff. Me too. I'm cool. Yeah, same. I'm wearing I my noticed Dockers, all those things. my bright yellow Docker shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you do wear a lot of yellow. What is with that? I just like bright colors. And then somebody at work was like, you know what? I learned a thing once where they say like you wear these bright colors. It actually helps you in negotiations because something about someone wearing a bright shirt is like makes people happy and sets them at ease. Mm. It's not why I did it. It made me happy and put me at ease. I'm like, I like that. I wouldn't say you do either of those things for me, but... You've seen the inside. (laughs) Not physically. I have seen your insides. (laughs) Yes. I thought we weren't going to talk about that again. You know the spirit that's draped underneath this light and breezy (laughs) shirt. Okay, speaking of Rowena, she does show up (laughs) and delivers a prototype helmet that looks kind of like Ant-Man's. Selena says it's really not her style and then shows the crew the blueprints, as we mentioned, to the next job. At Ace Chemicals, they clumsily steal some unnamed samples and get caught by security on the way out. Edie proves quite adept at the gymnastic Catwoman stuff while Selena questions if she herself is holding them back. Watching this young kid fucking flip around, you know, like a young Robin. And save her. Exactly. And going, man, am I the liability here? I love Killer Croc in a wetsuit. That's <laughs> 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 so funny. They parachute off of a silo and into the water, swimming to safety. Eddie picks them up in a van, and she says they can clean up, quote, on the plane. We're going for a trip. And this is another moment I'm like, I love this. <laughs> going places, they're doing stuff. This is great. Showering on a plane? What kind of fancy-ass plane is this? <laughs> um, I love the color palette, like starting with Ace Chemicals from the outside and the sky being like a lime green gradient. Yeah. As if like the place is so polluting fumes. the air <laughs> yeah. around it is disgusting. And then um, the rest of it from when they get out on this like gangplank, whatever this thing is. But the way that this chase scene plays out with the smaller, quiet panels, it's like devoid of text sound effects. I always like the way that those Ace Chemical scenes look or even like Sub-Zero, the animated film, like sort of the rescue scene at the end of that. You know, I always love those big, tall catwalks and all the negative space. It just makes for a really cool uh, It makes the environment chase. very like unfriendly and imposing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if we go to the Batman versus Turtles thing, you know, Ev's observation about there's no safety rails, no nothing to <laughs> yeah. hang on to. <laughs> Three weeks now to election day, Harvey and Barbara debate on TV. She challenges his police state idea of safety, saying that it's only making things better for his rich friends. Selena and the gang now arrive at a military compound in Brazil. Inside, they're greeted by Ivy, which is maybe the only characterization that feels off to me. 
having a giddy plus sized ivy like for poison ivy is very strange i was just really shocked by not only the look but like the complete change in demeanor from this super cynical character but i like that a lot and i it's not and they explain it well yeah and just that like when she she introduces them catwoman she's like now my friend here you know just watch out because she can be a little thorny mm-hmm. and then the next scene is she's just like the happiest bubbliest person i like yeah. it's both that she's just like it's like when they introduce king shark you know <laughs> i'm just here to connect <laughs> your cable or whatever <laughs> like what well she's just yeah it's like age has done her well she's confident more confident in herself and yeah. getting out of gotham yeah getting out of there being around nature and wildlife and doing something meaningful and yeah i don't know I, it's a nice change versus everyone being like a fuck up fuck up yeah or <laughs> a worse version of themselves or, yeah <laughs> ivy grows coffee beans to fund her operation Selena produces the samples they brought from Ace Chemicals, which are some kind of GMO formula that Ivy says will eventually drain the soil until nothing will ever grow again. She plans to introduce some kind of neutralizer that will render it ineffective. Cliff addresses the Ivy thing here in the writing when Selena asks why are you so different? And Ivy says that she was miserable in Gotham in a constant fight. And after Fool's Night, she said there was no Harley, which doesn't really spell out what that means. But I love it. I after Fool's don't Night, don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> she came out here and found a happier life. Despite that, though, she's immediately willing to go back to Gotham and help Selena. I'm a huge fan of leave things mysterious. I've been reading... The Bible? <laughs> well, I, I'm always currently reading the Bible. I get to the end, I start over. It's an yeah. ongoing thing because sure. you, you learn new things each time. You experience it differently. There's Yours has a wisdom lot of, How am I going to be fully indoctrinated yeah. if I don't yeah. read it over and over? I highlight and I go, what did I miss <laughs> Yeah, highlighter. Yeah. Yeah. Dog ears, you know. He beget him and he beget him. Okay, I get it. No, <laughs> we get it. They all fucked each other and they're the, related. Again, that same like... You don't need to know what happened to Harley. You just need to know it was significant enough to create this huge change in this other character. Yeah. And the mystery is more interesting than like, oh, yeah. When Harley Quinn died in my arms, she told me to make it slow. Yeah, that's really bad. That would be stupid. That's a little more obvious, wasn't it? But much more important than that in this scene, it's uh, another amazing Croc costume change where now he's Mm -hmm. fully dressed like a Cuban grandpa. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Just really stunning Swinging it up on the, the dance floor. Yeah, the concept art for that was probably really <laughs> great. Actually, check this out. The uh, jacket, I don't know if it's for the normal hardcover as well, but for the retailer exclusive is a full-on fold-out of all the character designs. It's That's two-sided. Rad. Glossy. Even. Well, cool. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Briefly, Edie asks Selena if she would be trained and doesn't really get a straight answer. We kind of move on from this. Dent learns that he lost the debate and smashes the glass enclosure on his desk, taking the coin in hand, announcing a new slogan, Harvey Dent, the only choice. There was a neat little beat that we didn't mention in the debate where he's starting to get a nervous tick of yeah, he's tapping, tapping the, the desk. two-face or the, the burn side and notices her notice it and then has to like cover up. One thing I just thought of in this is he's holding up the coin kind of with his index finger, knuckle, and his thumb, right? Mm. This is maybe the first time a politician has done the Bill Clinton hand thing 
and actually had something mm. <laughs> in his hand like that mm. that made sense. Funny. <laughs> Here is the quarter. I want to let you know. So that's Even the end of book two. This part two, uh, uh, not to the same level, but the way his hand is shown in this, and maybe it's like the red in contrast to the rest of the stuff or the fact that there's no background and it's just white, that looks gross to me too. Yeah. Or the fact that he has glass embedded in his hand and he's doesn't care. Yeah. Just how so much of the blood is black or near black. Yeah, really something like, about the black is yeah. makes it look red. Also, I, I didn't think about it until just now, but um, whenever Cliff portrays action, it's very much just a like snapshot. Yeah. And it doesn't, there's not a bunch of dynamic lines in the background or any of these mm. speed lines or anything. And I think this fist smashing the glass is like the only time that there's movement lines in the whole book. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's a great panel. Yeah. It's cool. It, it, it like makes it stand out that much more because everything else is so solid and stoic. I just noticed actually, we give Two Face the kind of mic drop ending of both of the first two issues. That's interesting. Hmm. So book three starts 10 years ago. After Fool's Night, it's Selena's first day in prison. She's heckled by everyone when she walks in. And when a young girl asks for protection, Selena says, I'm no bodyguard. Then we see this girl, Yuna is her name, being beaten and bullied. Selena trains her over the next year and eventually fights off one of these bullies herself. In return, she gets knocked out with a padlock and a sock. Good God. Mm -hmm. And a riot breaks out in the prison. Selena goes to solitary. There's a lot shown in very few panels here. Selena goes to solitary. When she gets out, Yuna is lying in her bed, and she's been murdered. The next three panels show Selena in the lunchroom, beginning with a close-up and each sequential panel panning wider and wider as it goes from eight years ago to seven to six. Yeah, what an inspired choice to show that, like, both. She's alone. She's alone and that mm-hmm. nothing is changing. She's not making friends anymore. She's, she's just going to, like, keep it's her like head she, down. Yeah, she learned her lesson that it. first time of, like, I can't get attached to these but people. That there's, like, a year between each of those panels is. Totally. Yeah. It's and amazing. again, the pulling back of, like, just, like, showing the distance of it. I, one it, thing. Yeah, to, to make her. Not just alone, but alone in a room full of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So effective. Which is like, kind of like what happens when she gets out, too. Yeah. Alone in the city. The and, lonely city. Oh, shit. But to do stuff like this with not super realistic artwork, you know, this, it is very cartoony. Mm-hmm. And to make me feel the emotional weight of those little, again, three panels with no fucking words. Mm-hmm. There are no dialogue. Like, just very, very fucking... Just masterful storytelling. One thing that I don't get is when she, when the Italian gang is like trying to get her in the gang, and that was like, I don't know, what are you even? Are you Italian? It's like and Irish like, and Hispanic or something. Irish like and that? Cuban. Like, Irish, yeah, I was I like, I thought you were a Falcone. Well, yeah, and I actually wrote that in one of my notes of like, so you're going to mention Falcone in the beginning, and then you're going to twice mention non-Italian? The Cuban thing, heritage? I guess I would get, but then not Italian seems weird, unless she's lying. Saying she's not yeah. Italian, but... Yeah, I don't know. That was weird. Anyway, what a fucking powerful opening. All this in two pages. Now we get two weeks to election day. 
Selena gets patched up by a retired Dr. Leslie Tompkins. She mentions Alfred was in remission from cancer and then died in his sleep anyway. She asks Selena to move on from this life while she still has a chance. The weight of her words is emphasized in the next scene at Arkham Asylum. Eddie poses as a tree trimmer while Winston poses inside as a cook. He gives Clayface an extra pudding cup, which <laughs> makes him keel over in pain. This Clayface, I could not read any other way than the Harley Quinn. Oh, Clayface. yeah, it has to. Ah, <laughs> oh, mousse or chocolate. Yeah, Put it in for a wheelie treat. Foul cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> the valiant never taste of death but once. <laughs> <laughs> Edie. A coward dies a thousand times as the second half of that. Right. Anyway. Edie, I think poses as a medic and takes a sample of Clayface's body. Relayed to Winston and then out the window to Eddie, the gang escapes underground while the cops chase their empty tree trimming truck, which was apparently driven a short distance just by Ivy's vines. We even see these like weird vine no. mannequin people. Uh, Winston has a got, remote control. Yeah, he's oh, he does. Control, okay, yeah. great. It doesn't really go very far. So I thought maybe that was one of those. Because we also see in the empty cab. <laughs> the trees are like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've never <laughs> driven before. Well, when they open the cab, you see the vines in there. And they had also showed there's just like two those like, fake bodies. Yeah, statues yeah. of the plant people. Shit. But anyway, in the tunnels below, they ride some kind of small vehicle on the train tracks. Selena uses. Uh, cool. Oh, cool design. Cool technology for that thing. Yeah. It could have just looked like a minecart or something, but somebody sat down and like, Ooh. looks like a little DeLorean. <laughs> it looks like the kind of thing that when you buy the Rob Report when you're waiting in an airport and you see all these things that like ultra rich people get to buy and they get to buy those just to like tool around on their property. Little luxury vehicles. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like a, well, the Rob Report is just that. It's like advertisement for jet rentals and things like that. Oh. But also you can buy these semi-amphibious eight wheel things to drive around your property and go in the lake and come out and yeah. crazy concept like. cars yeah. And, yeah selena sees an led light up ahead in the tunnel she pulls a gun and shoots the battery on the back of the vehicle as it goes down the tunnel sends a fiery mess to all the bat cops waiting to ambush them croc rips off a metal door in the side of the tunnel he holds it overhead to shield the others from falling debris from the explosion, but the cops shoot him a whole bunch of times in the back. Collapsed in the rubble, Croc begs Selena to use the gun on him. And he says, sadly, this time, he said it a couple different ways. The first time they, they met in the bar, he was sort of like, man, I used to be the king at Gotham, you know? Mm -hmm. And then in the training sequence, he's lifting big weights again. He's like, I'm the king of Gotham, oh. and it's triumphant, you know? And then here he's dying and he says, I used to be the king of Gotham. I want to go out like a man. After she does it, Selena's face reminds me of her earlier conversation with Barbara, hmm. where the question was, was it worth it? And they're not saying it again or remembering it or thinking it to herself. But again, this book does a great job of once it introduces an idea, it sticks to it, yeah. you know? This whole thing is pretty powerful it's sad it's almost made like more powerful because croc looks like this animal character 
And I, like, I think it should do the opposite. Yeah, like, right. Like, aha, like, you know, just silly I'm more sympathetic to animals dying. than people. So, <laughs> but you just watch a muppet get killed. Yeah, it's but it's, yeah, it's like it's like even more sympathetic or something. Kermy. Additionally, when I when I first read this, he's like, "Use the gun." She's nah, the gun on the ground, and then it shows her holding a rock, and I didn't realize at first that she's. Removing rocks from the pile, and I was like, "What? Hey, that's you. You won't shoot him, but you will beat him with this boulder." That's a killer croc callback. Hang him, shoot him, hit him with a rock. From what is it? The animated series. The real croc would want to go out like this. It was actually on two different episodes. On almost got him. Batman is dressed as Killer Croc. They're all sitting around the table talking about like how they almost got him. Like, oh, I almost killed him with, you know, mm. my pumpkin poison gas. <laughs> there I was, holed up in this quarry when Batman came nosing around. And? I threw a rock at him. So, Harvey, what became of the giant Benny? It was a big rock. Dent shamelessly displays Croc's body in public at a press conference and declares a citywide curfew. What a dick. He's embracing the wartime incumbent election strategy. You know, I know for presidents anyway, if the country's at war, it's almost a sure thing you're going to get your second term. You can't afford to replace me. I'm leading this battle. Exactly. I'm keeping you safe. The cat-masked protesters continue to grow in numbers. And Barbara asks Dent if he's trying to go to war against your own citizens because the crime you've said doesn't really exist anymore. Afterward, the commissioner refuses orders to arrest people, quote, for wearing a Halloween mask. Because Dent's like, dude, don't we have a fucking ban on masks? Why are you still letting these fuckers out there in the streets? And he's like, dude, I'm not going to put people away for putting on a piece of plastic. And now Harvey is worrying the coin over and over. Yeah, he's losing it. Yeah, His advisor uh, mentions this. You're walking around using the coin again. And he's like, it's just theater. I'm just doing it for the press conference. I'm like, okay, well, we're in your fucking office, dude, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Why would you want to do it for the press conference anyway? Yeah. The gang mourns Waylon Jones at the bar. Stockpot, is that what it was called? Yeah. Selena says she's going to get them all killed and leaves with Eddie in tow. Outside, she kisses him and says, for once in your life, don't overthink it. At her penthouse in bed, Eddie says that it seems like she's on some kind of suicide mission or something. They discuss possible meanings to Orpheus, and then Eddie has an epiphany. We don't get to see what that is. Going back to what you said before, Evan, about like the way the sex sort of evolves or comes about. Especially mm-hmm. after... A moment of grief, too. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that better. Thing, it feels extremely natural. And just like that thing. of him, like maybe being a little like unsure, resistant, and her just being like, nah, come on. Yeah. Just like, like, who cares? Yeah, we might not We're be here adults much longer. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that that's the thing to me is that it just seems adult. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to be one of these people in a position like this, you know, like, Probably not going to be fifty and single, and you're not going to be an ex-con yeah. in your fifties looking well, for no, love. That, that's with another ex-con. Right. <laughs> just saying, I just it's like uh, I'll go to prison, but she'll wait for me. Oh my gosh, trust uh, me. You might go to a funeral with your wife, and then you know have like a this exact scenario. Oh, oh no, no, I, oh, I've done but, it. No, because yeah. more or less, this is like they're hooking up. And they're not in a relationship. Yeah, 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 but 
hooking up as a younger person seems totally different than like what this seems like to me. They're actually getting some kind of emotional thing out of this connection, even if it's just for a moment. Yeah. And like nobody's tricking each other. They both could use this comfort. We're going to go have a conversation. I just think like sex as an adult adult is a lot different. And I like how this plays out in a mature way. Yeah. One week till election day, Eddie speaks of a Mesopotamian burial mask. Now is where we're getting real comic booky. <laughs> As Selena descends from the ceiling to steal it. Okay, another moment, not the the moment, but another moment that I laughed that was really funny is Riddler and Ivy sharing their little. Uh, mm. what, if, what if Robin showed up and then you get the bat outline over like, the text of the holy, holy history buffs Batman? <laughs> yeah, and then Ivy going into her. You'll soon find my blooms are as deadly as they are Buda. And then yeah. Catwoman interrupts. to like, okay. Like, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the one hanging from the ceiling here, guys. It's funny because it's like as if they know that it was that was weird and theatrical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like they're, they're, she's making fun of herself. Yeah. Even she gets like the nice dramatic pose. Yeah, the, yeah. With the arms and stretch. Yeah, past me was so ridiculous. <laughs> with help from Ivy's vines, they managed to actually have a successful heist for once, and they leave a cat mask in its place. I do like that, that Selena was able to get her hands on it, started to lift it, and was like, fuck, I need at least three hands to do this. And Ivy was just like, I got you. I love her powers. Yeah, she's the most. That's another great thing from the Tom King run of maybe the most, like, interesting and powerful usage of Ivy's powers more than anything I've ever seen. I'm listening. It's Hmm. very good. Hmm. She's a god compared to these other goofballs. Yeah, yeah. seriously, like she's so OP that then it just doesn't get treated like that. I'm a big strong man with drug muscles. (laughs) 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 Blow up Gotham Stadium. (laughs) Blow it all up. The mask is delivered to a very unimpressed Jason Blood. He says he already has six. Well then, Eddie says, as he smashes it with a hammer. Turns out that it's actually Dr. Fate's helmet, which I only know because we reviewed Black Adam last year. <laughs> this, this, as you say, comic bookie, I love this because there is so much baggage, good and bad, in comic books, mm-hmm. especially in like shared universes like this, that the worst version of this kind of thing is like, where you're expected to know what any of this shit is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The best version is this, where it's just like, here's this Green Lantern ring from the other Green Lantern, you know, the guy who like had a cape. And here's Dr. Fate's mask. And you can appreciate that, or you can just, it'll serve a utility in the story. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's significant for some reason, doesn't really matter. Yeah. The fact that Jason Blood is even in this is like an, an, the same thing. Well, like, and I think part of the reason to me that, as I mentioned, reading this over the course of a year was like, what? Is because <laughs> the first two issues, very grounded, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're bringing him into the fold and, you know, fate and like all this. I'm like, okay, where is this going exactly? Because uh, it's starting to get a little wacky. The Joker, no, the Batman who laughs is going to show up. Yeah. And then- <laughs> Jason and Selena discuss this helmet as his payment for joining their crew. Who they really need, though, is Etrigan. 
Dent goes to the protest and concedes. Says, you win, you've made your point, let's all go home. I love that he says, we need to stop fighting each other on top of a humongous tank, tank with a yeah. gun pointed at the <laughs> crowd. But the crowd does begin to disperse, and Selena, at the same time, is leaving Jason Blood's place. When spotted by the cops, she runs into the crowd to hide. Dent sees her and orders the cops to fire at the crowd. At this point, all hell breaks loose. The SWAT teams and tanks all descend on the people. Barbara gets ripped from her wheelchair and arrested. And as we see on the news, the stockpot, the henchman bar, and the Monarch Theater, all the buildings around this area, are badly burned in the attack. So Dent gets his demolition anyway. Everything's condemned. Well, yeah. it's got to go. And that's great fucking writing. Yeah. Also, Catwoman has a moment when she's running where she's saying, like, how do they keep showing up where they am? Is there is someone telling them my plans? Is there a mole? And mm -hmm. I... I feel like that's never resolved, which I guess oh, the resolution... Is. Maybe I missed... So tell me when we get there, because I feel like I missed it. Okay. Eddie returns to the penthouse with a coffee cup stolen from the police commissioner. He barely gets in the door when Selena says he's out of the crew. She thinks that he tipped off the cops right here and can't be trusted. As he and Edie leave, Winston says, we've got to move on to the plan now. But that's not the payoff that I'm... Right? Oh, yeah. I was like, it's definitely addressed there. No, but it's not addressed in like, it doesn't seem like it was him. Why? Or if there actually was a mole. Yeah, that's Got my it. point. There's no, that's never. I see. How, I see. how did they know? How were they always there? Mm. As he and Edie leave, Winston does say, we have to move on to the plan now. The clay face sample is deteriorating. Dent holds a fancy dinner and briefly quotes year one. You know, we've eaten well, blah, blah, blah before being told that his investors are pulling out of the stadium deal. I like it's not just a quote, but also the visual callback of him at the head of the yep. table with Gotham's elite around the window him. Window behind mm -hmm. him. And yeah. I was just thinking that, that it's interesting. Two-Face and all these bat cops are always wearing this like green. Oh, is that their G-band thing? Is that yeah. what that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, That's right. your ID that also is a tracker. Yeah. So Sleepy Joe knows where you are. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it's some dark Brandon a, shit. <laughs> I, I just don't. I just don't feel like I see it. On it's a live strong bracelet. They all wear them. Well, They're no, all no, about... that's that's what I was saying. But I, yeah, I, in thirty years, Lance Armstrong makes a really big comeback. Oh no, I would. God, shut up. Uh, I mean, I don't feel like I see other people wearing it. Yeah. And and that's what I was thinking was that's that true. like that this is a um what's their bad day. With the boom boom on the roof oh, and the fool's Joker, night. fool's night, like a remembrance. Yeah, kind of thing. I think All it's right. like a. F and so then I was just thinking, like, how evil is that? This is one of those, like, um, was nine eleven planned, or did people just use it to their advantage? Why you know? wasn't so Obama like, in the White House that day? How <laughs> uh, come nobody asked? That's that one question. of my favorite questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just think that that's like particularly evil if Harvey used that as a jump off to like rise to power. Mm. And then here he is, like, mockingly wearing Wear that anything. thing sure. as yeah. if he has, like, any actual reverence for that date or I, anything. I, I mean, I don't think it's that overt, but that's kind of what he did, where it feels like he genuinely did something good that day, but then used it to rise to this position of power. Yeah. And now he's just a piece of shit. And he's just so, a tyrant. Yeah. Now, you know, he is trying. 
He's trying, guys. We give him some credit. Dent is furious at the timing of this. They're pulling out of the deal. He's yelling, couldn't this wait till after the election? And he smashes everything in the room after they leave. Cut back to Fool's Night. Robin, who is Tim Drake in this scenario. He's Oprah in this scenario. <laughs> what is it? You get handcuffs. And yeah. You get handcuffs. Yeah. And you get zip ties because I'm out of handcuffs. That was a good joke. Yeah, Robin cuffs a pile of beaten goons while Batman and Catwoman talk. She says, I'm sorry about Alfred and asks if he's ever going to think about life after Batman. He basically says no, but when I do, he admits it's a life with her. Present day, the coffee cup was used as a DNA sample, making a commissioner mask out of Clayface. This could have been funny if it turned into the barista's face. <laughs> uh, Jason wears it to Wayne Manor, telling the cops on patrol that they're relieved of duty. He's impersonating the commissioner. He offers them tickets to the World Series or something, and one of the cops gets suspicious, calling it in. Ivy feels the ground to get a sense of the layout, and she finds a spot with no roots or life of any kind. They find an entrance via a holographic false wall like Batman 89. As they enter the cave, Selina tells Jason that it's time for Etrigan to join them. He says goodbye, calls for Etrigan as the skin melts off his face and he's reduced to a pile of bones. Beautifully rendered. Oh, God, it's amazing. And when he does appear, Etrigan grabs Ivy and Catwoman by the throat. End of book three. I love the whole uh, Miss Kyle, Dr. Isley. It has been an honor and a pleasure to know you. And they're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> but I just, just summoned the demon. What are you talking well, yeah, about? Yeah, just like if I knew, I wouldn't have. They're like, ah, the smell. <laughs> <laughs> what I think is interesting here is that they mention that Jason did a really bad job pretending he was the commissioner. And I was like, well, that was supposed to be Eddie, right? And then he turns into Etrigan filling Croc's place. So he was really filling out two missing members on the team. The two versions of him filling out two yeah, members. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. which is really cool. So that's how book three ends. And you can see why if you were reading this six or nine months after the first issue, you're like, what? Where is this going? You know, it's got weird. It's that thing we complained about in... Everything? <laughs> no, in one we of We complain the, uh, a lot. I don't complain. I just tell it like it is. I just call it like I see it. When you right. got this kind of brain, you know, you see things differently. You're, you're a real Donald do. Trump type. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a straight shooter. I could shoot someone. No one would even care. They love me. <laughs> I'm a big deal. I'm the best uh, deal. Um, no, I, it's stuff we complained about in like Long Halloween or one of those where it's like, as it went on, some of the endings were like, what? <laughs> yeah. Why is this part of the story, or why did yeah. why did you end on this cliffhanger for this book? I made sure when I met Jeff Loeb, I was like, by the way, my friend Ben wondered, what the fuck is this about? You know, and he was like, and nobody cares about that piece of shit. I pointed to the page. Don't ask me. Uh, he just said, well, he's dead to me, and tell him never to meet me. But I told him I'd pass it along. That's all. Whatever, I don't care. Okay, well, <laughs> I didn't want to bring the mood down, but um, that's what he said. Uh, <laughs> Do you, you guys know no. the character Savage Dragon? Hell yeah. This, I would I said I, no. just thinking about it now, I noticed looking at it before just that Etrigan is just different. 
I mean, different looking, obviously, but Racist. like the lines are different. He has and like the creature from the Black Lagoon kind of features. What it makes me think of is Eric Larson in Savage Dragon, but like all these extra lines that he's like suddenly conjuring, that mm -hmm. all this hatching and stuff on yeah. his suit and his legs and stuff. I, I think it's he intentionally drew him differently. So for he really looks otherworldly. Otherworldly yeah. and imposing and scary. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's I cool. bet you, you could find right now a cool splash shot of Etrigan versus Savage Dragon. Probably. I always splash when I see Etrigan. You just Sploosh. splash all over your pants. Water park. Will you zip them up already? It's a button fly. Fuck you. Will you button it already? It's just the belt. Oh, here, Everything else here, is fastened. Ben, this is, uh, to me, eyeball masterclass in line weight variation, but the, oh, yeah. the, but the next cover and these stalactites and stalagmites and other mineral deposits. <laughs> um, oh, in the cave. In the cave. Yeah. Geological but, phenomena. But the way that these rocks look is so appealing to me. The rocks in the foreground versus the rocks in the background. Yeah, just particularly the stuff in the front. The thickness of some lines and the thinness of other ones. And that's all a flat color, too. There's no two grays mm. in that space. It's yeah. just one gray. It looks freaking awesome. Just since we're talking about covers, this series also has a great jock variant cover. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like kind of a, a light gray background or something. And it's just her face... And then where the ears go up become the cityscape. Mm -hmm. And it fucking looks awesome. Super cool. Uh, if I ever meet Jock, that's going to be one of the first ones I get signed. <laughs> totally. He's European. He can put some nudity on that, right? <laughs> yeah. Can you throw some nibbles on here? <laughs> like, it's just a face. Where do you... <laughs> just you know, have him coming out the I'll side I'll of the page. <laughs> I guess you're not much of an artist, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you call yourself a professional. All right, so book four, last issue, opens with a single page from Fool's Night. This is rad. Gordon is tied to the bat signal. Joker tells Batman that his rioters will stop if the signal is turned on, but it will kill Gordon in the process. He presents this choice, and then it cuts back to present day. He also says... It, he knows he's Bruce. Yeah. Even right, he does use his name. Bruce. It's a very funny face he's making when he says Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Selena tells Etrigan that Jason would trap him for a thousand years if they were hurt. He relents, lets go of their throats, and no longer speaks in rhymes, which is interesting, as he says he was stripped of his duties when returning to Earth in servitude. It's like, wait, no, he, aren't you supposed to talk like that? And he's like... No, it's he's a prince of hell, but because he's done too many good deeds on earth, yeah. he was demoted from being a prince, and only princes are allowed to talk in rhyme. Yeah, it's like every time, <laughs> every time I come and do shit like this, you get me in hot water, and I can't fucking, you know. He's like medieval Drax to me, <laughs> where the, like everything could be weird and ironic, and he's too straightforward. Yeah. And but the funniest joke in here comes from him not being ironic, from him having enough awareness of the situation to make. A very funny joke. In my uh -huh. It's the once they discover there's an enchantment on the door, and she's like, "Why don't you try open sesame?" Yeah, and he turns back and he goes, mm, "Open, open sesame. sesame," and it's the SpongeBob meme format of each letter is yeah. uppercase, lowercase, <laughs> yeah. and he's pointing at the door like, mm, <laughs> "The door's not opening, is it?" Yeah, mm. and then her answer to that is like, or Ivy says, "Wow, maybe they're shining you in hell because you're a dick." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
that he just went from eating people and killing them to, or he's about to do that. To like yeah. mocking yeah. her yeah. in a yeah, dumb voice. Just, yeah. I actually read a bit more of him because I think the first time Jason Blood <laughs> came up was, might have been Curse of the White Knight or something. I was like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. And and you're like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's one of the mm-hmm. mystical ones, you know, whatever. I'm like, I don't know, this is fucking weird. But then since then, I've read a bunch, like a lot of Swamp Thing, and he pops up pretty often in those stories. Oh, so really? that's why when I'm like rereading this now, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I know this guy. This yeah. makes more sense. He's a cool character, yeah. fun to work with. What What's this part here with the Chippendales? What are they trying to tell me with this whole... Chippendales? Did I miss? Did they go to a strip club on your iPad? What? (laughs) Just in his browser history. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I just. Whoops. Uh, What is this Chippendales credit card number? Um, no. (laughs) No, it's because when she says this free trial is over, just open Sesame and he's like, it doesn't work. And she's like, what about Abra? And then Abra makes her think of like magicians. She thinks of Zatanna. She's like, oh, say it backwards. So say open Sesame backwards. Because that's the enchantment. Oh, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Zatanna? Yeah, like what's this thing with Zatanna? What right, right, right. Her so the, enchantment being undone. She enchanted she fe- the Batcave? Yeah, because okay. her and Batman are friends. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's back up real quick. So and they use the dumbest possible <laughs> code word to open. So they're, they're trying to get into the cave. They pass the hologram thing. There's a wall about 100 feet ahead. Winston's doing the guy in the chair thing. And he's talking to him and says, there's a wall 100 feet ahead. And Etrigan lunges forward towards the wall and then all of a sudden it's 300 feet ahead. And he says, oh, there's an enchantment here. And so that's when they do the like, well, try open sesame. He's like, yeah. Open sesame, and then she says, that? abracadabra, that's when it cuts to Zatanna, somewhere well, he, else who is like performing a Vegas show. Mm-hmm. This is after, because she says, the abra makes her think magician. Then she says, oh, just say open sesame backwards. Yeah. So he says that that works. Then they cut to Las Vegas with Zatanna on stage. And she notices something. It's like a disturbance in the force. Yes, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Her that ears kind of a are, thing. Uh, burning. Which, when I saw that, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. I kept waiting for her to show up. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm. please. This is going to be awesome. Uh, Etrigan's little cheesy. I really like her character. <laughs> hey, poof. <laughs> it works. <laughs> Once inside. That's really wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Etrigan here anticipates a trap just as the ceiling falls. He can't hold it, and Ivy has to intervene. Don't bother. You're not the first guy who couldn't finish the job. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that hurts. Yeah. (laughs) Then Etrigan clears a waterfall. He just has ice power, so he just freezes. Oh, is that all it was? Okay. I just want to go back to the idea that Etrigan has sex. Yeah. (laughs) That's weird. He was a prince. Did he come back from that? Like, like, oh, no, I pound the pussy. Yeah, he was like, thou darest. Thou darest. Like, he's really upset that she implied that he couldn't finish. Anyway, he clears out the waterfall. They get to the entrance of the cave. It's a giant metal door with the bat logo on it. Subtle. Yeah, at this point, he's not being inconspicuous anymore. (laughs) On Fool's Night, Batman cuts the cables to the uh, exploding bat signal thing here. But they're just prop cables. Is that really the takeaway, though? Because I feel like it looks like Gordon has been electrocuted. And so the, oh, come on, those cables look so fake, to me was like, they looked fake, so you shouldn't have cut them, but you cut them, and now you killed him. Yeah, maybe Gordon is. Oh, yeah, you're right. It did. Okay, so it zapped him. Killed him. Yeah. 
Fuck. All and right. If, yeah. If that I, didn't, then the uh, subsequent uh, explosions. <laughs> sometimes I read these more than I will stop and look at the mm-hmm. the panels, and so I didn't even look at this panel of him hanging there all fried. Well, it's confusing because you don't get the moment before where somebody did something to the cable, so you're not yeah. quite sure. But that also makes more sense than why Selena like picks up a gun and tries to shoot Joker in the face. Mm-hmm. She's just done. Yeah. Wow. This whole thing is a suicide mission. Is uh, pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, that's some of my favorite Joker stuff. And he says, it's all one big joke, and I'm so tired of laughing. And the countdown approaches zero, and the bomb goes off. After the blast, Batman takes Catwoman's hand. You know, he's laying there all burnt up like we talked about. And he presses her finger on the batarang that we saw he gave her. We're not there yet. But you can backtrack. When a story does this much cutting back and forth, I do sometimes lump them yeah, together I, here for the sake. I don't sake. expect your feeble mind to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> so she does. Just, she discovers a little impression on the wall. In hang the shape. on, hang on. It's just fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. They got to go forward to go backwards. Amen, brother. The oh Bible. God. The oh Bible talks God. a lot about that. And if you want, <laughs> we can get together and rap a little bit about it. Sure. You okay. know who was the coolest oh, original Jesus G? Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've read yeah, it. Okay. Man. <laughs> so you're familiar. Okay, so after the blast, he takes Catwoman's hand, presses her finger to that batarang we saw earlier, and he says something about giving access to this DNA match. At the cave, Selena scales the wall behind the waterfall. Oh. And above the giant metal door, she finds a bat-shaped indentation and presses that batarang inside like a puzzle piece. Access granted. You see why I told it in that order? No. Mm, no. <sighs> Guys suck. Why are we doing I, this I at all? That, I see that you <laughs> did I see that you all? did that. <laughs> oh God. Take your own but fucking I don't story know why notes. <laughs> you do to that. <laughs> inside, we see a perfect homage to the Jim Lee. Hush Bat Cave. There's even a glass case with the 66 Catwoman costume, which we saw. Although I can't for the life of me understand why he didn't return the stolen necklace. That's the only thing. I, yeah, oh, that's I hilarious. I didn't there. think about that. It's <laughs> a little love momento. <laughs> Tell me to live. Fucking live whenever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been stolen. It's like so. I stole this. <laughs> They're insured, right? I mean, she was just so hot. I got to have this. <laughs> They find the Orpheus pit, Batman's own combination of the Lazarus pit and Bane's venom. They negate each other's side effects, and footage shows Alfred sick in the hospital, ready to die. But then he's home and active as ever. Orpheus saved his life. But fast forward to a week later, and Alfred has aged terribly. He dies in his sleep later that night. Catwoman demonstrates this in real time with a dead flower that she dips in the Orpheus pit for a brief restoration and then death. Just then, Barbara calls in a tip. The cops are about to ambush Wayne Manor. Dent bursts in with a tank and a fleet of police. Etrigan rips them apart and eats them before Dent produces an unexpected guest. This Who the is, fuck is Clarion? I, I don't know. Somebody from um, Swamp Thing also. You just haven't got there yet. Yeah, maybe. I uh, forgot about that one. We went past it, but I just think that moment is so significant when she realizes that the whole thing, this thing that's been gone 
or that she's kind of held the burden of for 10 years that she thinks is going to like change things and make things better or whatever. Orpheus. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was literally just a like... Failed attempt. <laughs> to bring me back to life so I can beat people up for another week, maybe. That's all. That's all this whole thing was. Yeah. yeah. You saw that as like the, this is going to be the thing to really make a big difference. Another week. <laughs> like, dude, you already know this doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the one with firsthand knowledge that it doesn't work for long term. Please dump uh-huh. my corpse into this pile of goo. God, this... So I could die really, again. I just need to break a yeah. couple more faces. <laughs> this really makes me want to show you guys another episode of Harley. We got to do it soon. Real quick, the style choice. I love when it's not the past past because we see those scenes, but when it like refers to the rooftop accident or the poster of Catwoman, all of a sudden it gets like newsprint coloration oh yeah like it's made to look old uh-huh. and that's like that bruno redondo stuff that's where it, so it'll cool. like stylistically become that as well yeah during the flashbacks so clarion banishes etrigan back to hell when i like the introduction of clarion because this feels again like dark knight returns which is another great story that uses like the years of lore in interesting kind of novel ways without dwelling on them mm. so the idea that like now they have a demon, and she's worried about how they're even going to get rid of him. Now that she sees what he does, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "I just don't. don't like that." There's an immediate solution. It's and yeah. it's also done as a big reveal. Well, you'll never believe who I brought then, and it's like, huh? It's it I is just rushed. To I give bring you that. This one person. It's rushed, but yeah. I like it because to me, that's like, of course, that's the counter move is just some other supernatural bullshit right, <laughs> like, right. that gets See, rid of him immediately. But that's what I I would have much preferred Zatanna to show up and diffuse it that way because they've already It'd be awkward for her to come from Las Vegas immediately. I, I guess she could teleport yeah, no, or something, she, but, but I think it's more awkward to show her for three panels and then never come back. It's just a fun like, nod. I think she would have been a way cooler reveal knowing that they're up to something and you need a way to get rid of him. So this reference know. will be lost on you, but this Evan is like back to Jesus or anime. <laughs> Not sure which one. You know, there's a lot of crossover, if I may be honest. But yeah, this scene right here reminds me of the Apostle Paul <laughs> <laughs> when he took his pilgrimage. And, yeah. you know, no, it reminds me of Naruto when it's like Orochimaru versus somebody else who's also like elite, yeah. where they're constantly like pulling out bullshit, and then somebody else pulls out another bullshit that cancels it out. Yeah, you're at quitsies. Any quitsies? You're at quitsies. No, any quitsies? No startsies. You can't do that. Can't do. Cannot stamp it. Can't do. Double stamped it. No erases. Cannot. Triple stamped it. No erases. Toast blue making it through. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Lord, you can't. More and more of that. Yeah, I walk out aloofly with my hands in my pockets before casting a spell. Oh, he's had the sword of Shankri this whole time, but I shattered it with the ice ring of blah blah. Well, that's okay. Now he's shed his skin and now he's wearing the halo of my, yeah, just like, yeah. <laughs> oh my god why did you break that out at the beginning why yeah. did you break that out at the beginning <laughs> so on that note Etrigan is gone and uh, I don't know what happened to the pile of bones but Jason Blood is back and this scene uses the location very well for a fight kind of reminds me of that Scott Snyder one where they're fighting in the cave and they have the hellbat suit and all uh-huh. the cave's defenses and shit in this case, they have this sort of museum of villains' past. So Catwoman defends them with a freeze gun and an umbrella gun and fear gas. In fact, using the penguin umbrella gun to shoot the scarecrow fear gas and spread the cloud. I love that. Yeah, that part's rad. Ultimately, Ivy pushes Catwoman out of the way and tears down the ceiling. 
It not only stops the tank in its tracks, but she, too, is lost in the rubble. Catwoman doesn't want them to take the cave, so she throws a whole belt of grenades into the pit, and it goes up in flames. Just, I want another special mention to the shot of yeah. the final shot of Ivy pulling down the cave. Yeah, she's like intense. completely on fire. It's just yeah, it's not like it. It doesn't look particularly gross, but it's implying something gross, and that's enough for me. But also like powerful that she's totally. withstanding this thing to. It shows a huge feat of strength, and I was kind of at first wondering, like, well, why didn't you just pull it down above? him and not above yourself but it seems like she had to get that you know direct leverage from below exactly mm. leverage that's the word i was looking for i just noticed it that the bat cops have like a cool suit upgrade in this part hmm. they're less like cops and more like gi joe's mm, eh, well you know this well, like what is it rogue one or something and they bust out those, uh, like black the purge troopers yeah they're a little more like stormtroopery or yeah. like like nazi stormtroopery yeah as the cave crumbles around Selena, Edie and Eddie bust in from the house entrance. He mentions noticing the grandfather clock and sets it to 1048 or something, the time of Bruce's parents' murder. And they pull her out. Outside, Dent shoots a cop with his own gun and draws on Selena. After he refuses to continue doing any of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fine, I'll do it. She says that he can keep the AI technology, but only if she's alive to use this Batarang for access, right? This is the only way you're getting into this cave and its technology is with me alive. He flips a coin and she throws that Batarang into his eye. Edie kicks her dad out of the way, does a flip and takes the gun from Dent. Selena pounds his face in once for Croc and once for Ivy. Because of his own G-band and body cam, Dent's crimes are on the record, and he's returned to Arkham Asylum while Barbara wins the election. I think Eddie gets shot. Yeah, he, he takes a bullet for Selena. Yeah. He jumps in the way. Here he goes, uh. <laughs> Oh, that hurt. Ow. <laughs> well, I was thinking Edie pushes him out of the way so he didn't get hurt. Uh, nah, no, she jumps forward. Yeah. I just really like in that scene, the full... Two Face dilemma is coming out again, where she's like, "I'll give you what you want. You just have to. Uh-huh. You have to choose. Yeah, don't do this." And he's like, oh, "Come on, no, I can't. Fuck the deal." Yeah, the resolution on this is really tight. Like Barbara's not even in the scene, mm-hmm. but then it's almost one of those where the big climax ends so quickly that you could be disappointed if it was done wrong. Uh-huh. But it's like, oh, it's so perfect that yeah. like he gives in to. His own bullshit. Without what Bob breaking it at the same time, because the coin flip was not revenge. Yeah. And he couldn't let go, and he had to have revenge. Exactly. So he's breaking his own rules and turning back into full Two-Face. Hmm. Yeah. The heroes win. The villain goes full villain. But because of his own design, his own initiative, he incriminates himself. Mm-hmm. And then our other hero, who's just a side character immediately wins by default, basically. You know, they have like a a temporary guy for a moment, but like she wins. Two things happen here. There's a quick shot among the ruins of Wayne Manor. There's a massive tree in full bloom. Edie now wears the Ant-Man helmet, which has been transformed in the design of the protesters' cat masks. 
I like this costume. Yeah. Selena trains her with Winston as the Oracle here, and Eddie appears to be with Selena for real. Where's the scene of him wearing her clothes? <laughs> <laughs> At the end, Mayor-elect Gordon meets with Selena to ask about running her crew like a new Bat family, saying, you love this city as much as he did, referring to Batman. Selena does decline, but it's pretty ambiguous since she's training Edie at the same time. And for all of her complaints about the ever-changing city and the way that it looks, Selena finally admits that it's a nice view at night. Looks like jewels in the skyline. That's awesome. Great ending. Uh, yeah. And I, I like that Barbara ends up in the same place that her dad was. Strapped to an electric chair? <laughs> <laughs> In, Jesus. Uh, no. In regards to seeing the necessity of Batman. Yeah. So Barbara. After coming feels, to it being like, it's not good. We shouldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. After seemingly not being on. Well, I mean, I, I guess if she was Batgirl, then she was <laughs> on board. But then she but, got off board. Yeah, yeah. And clearly. Well, she got crippled holds, is what she got. Holds something against Selena. And that's one thing that Gordon never had. I mean, this is a strange relationship, but... Can't deny the results. Yeah. Whereas Barbara's like, I don't super love you, but maybe we should team up anyways. I was a little surprised by her saying that, but I think that she was so afraid of the full-on police state that uh, they were living in mm -hmm. that it was like, look, I'm going to roll back some of this shit, but like... I want some ears on the street, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's more how she's approaching it of like, I don't think this is good what we have right now, but I also know that by doing this, I'm going to cause a reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that was kind of her fail safe in a way. Any Easter eggs that we didn't mention? There's quite a few t-shirts and little things in the yeah, background that uh, mentions of other characters that we don't see. Early on, I think Selena's walking the street and walks past a place that must be a pizza spot, and it's called Starro instead of Sabaro. <laughs> That's funny. Pros. What a fantastic mix of bright, colorful, stylish art and a serious, interesting, mature story. Yeah, not mature in like a, it's blood and guts and... Fuck and ass. Yeah, that's that's not mature. That's like uh, obscene or yeah, so. exactly. Mm -hmm. But in a in a literally mature grown up point of view. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yes, a very point of view driven story too. That's one thing that's great when we get these black label titles that are done right, and it's just a contained story that's very character driven, has a clear beginning and end. There's no wasted space, you know. They're not like, oh, well, if I never get to do this again, I'm going to cram in all this other shit. It's like, no, he crammed in a lot of things yeah. and mm -hmm. everything was used properly. And when it wasn't needed, it was gone, you know? Yeah. And how impressive we talk about how it's really cool when you have these scenarios where the team is as little as possible or maybe it's just one person doing all the stuff. Yeah. And that's very cool because with the exception of maybe like an editor chiming in or something like that's your baby. And yeah. every part of that is 
this is your version of writing, this is your version of coloring and stuff. All working towards your goal yeah, of the story, whatever exactly. That is. It's so freaking impressive. That seems awesome and ideal in many ways and how cool that it's just you, but that is so much work. Yeah. And it just makes it that much more impressive. I think we talked about this one of our first episodes we did, Noel, mm. with Libra Mayo. It was sort of, how fucking long do you think this yeah. took to make? You know, as much as I was bummed with the delays, I know that Cliff got COVID and legitimate issues, but the fact that the quality never waned, you know, it's like, Wayne. dude, it'll, yeah. Civilization on the wane, manners out the window. <laughs> it'll get there when it gets there because it's got to stay at this level. You know, like we started out with a really high bar. Yeah. And I think he was able to keep it the whole time. I don't like reading things month to month or week to week or anything like that. But I do think part of that is the structure of the comics business because mm -hmm. that's what gets something like this traction. Is like an issue released and people go, wow, this rules. Okay, keep going. Give you me. get to finish it. Give me. Versus like <laughs> spending all that money and all that and then to release it now, people go like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would just like to say again, great, great storytelling, but not just in a singular way. The way that it both marries the composition of the page and the writing. That's something that's, when it's done well, is really impressive to me. Again, just like that loneliness shot in the prison cafeteria, you know, or like mm -hmm. those little things that are so effective and so minimalist at the same time. Like, it's just a, a real auteur's kind of style, you know. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, it is an original concept. Like I said, I, I thought like, oh, this is going to be like a Dark Knight Returns thing. And it, maybe in a way, but it really is its own thing. And great use of and reinvention of a lot of the side characters. I mean, this, this book has a pretty deep bench mm -hmm. for being a pretty personal story. You know, some of it they get to do through flashbacks, some of it they get to do through building the team or whatever, but I think that it gets to use a lot of people without making it feel like they're using a lot of people necessarily. It reminds mm -hmm. me of A Kingdom Come. Mm. That's a little more overt, but it's the same thing of like just tons of references and things like that. Where and if you don't get them, that's okay. And if you do, it's like that's fun. That yeah, that little weird little thing was worked in. Cons. I don't know that I have any. I don't have any cons. Mine are super tiny. Why did this turn into NPR? <laughs> mine are, mine are super We're getting small. tired. It's okay. late. <laughs> we don't usually do it this late. Selena not being Italian despite the Falcone reference. I don't understand the unless reason. Unless that's a misdirect, unless she was hiding her heritage to not join that stupid gang. Yeah, maybe. Or the mole follow-up, I guess. That's, the mole, that is that's sure. a little glaring. <laughs> Huge. Don't say mole. I said mole. Stop. Mole. Oh, shut up. Again, would have loved Zatanna instead of Clarion. I didn't get that one. You just like Zatanna. I do, but I would have... Boobies, boobies, boobies. <laughs> okay. I thought of... Amen, brother. I, so you have read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> and fishnets. But I thought of the Zatanna as a counter to Etrigan thing while we were talking about it. But previously, I just wrote Clarion in my cons because it was like, they made it seem like a mic drop was going to happen. And then it's like, huh? I don't know this person. It, yeah. it would have been better because I agree with you when they're like, Clarion, and you're like, who? 
It would have been better if they... And then Clarion disappears right after they use the power. Too, well, if so. they introduced him, but didn't have it be like, didn't have the, the sh- shot on him with the Clarion next to him. If they were just like, that's okay, I got this blue guy. And it, <laughs> it was, if it was much more nonchalant with how it and then the, came then the, in. The real comic nerds would be like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. That was and would, cool. And then you wouldn't have been like, who? Yeah. I just been like, oh, how they do that? That was cool. <laughs> and then people are gonna hate this, but like, uh, Fat Poison Ivy is so weird to me. It's so weird. I like it. I love her. I was so it. weird. I felt it in my nethers. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it. There's also this scene where she's not all green. She she's yeah. when they're gonna go back out in public, and so she's like fading the green away. Yeah, uh, she just I, I like. But she has that. fine yeah. tattoos on her arms instead. I just think that those are rad style choices. Yeah. Plus, I like girls like that. So, and that's just a fun interpretation of the character. I just yeah. who's so defined by being sexy and looking sexy, of it being like. But I think you could do that, like like Belle's version subverts that in a great way. But like Belle's version also doesn't because she's still bitter and cynical. Where this is someone who's moved past that and goes like, well, you know no, what? But I'm, I mean, in terms of removing the seductress quality of her character, like I feel like she still has you know. that. In that, it's just yeah, like the I more she snarky millennial version of it. it. And it doesn't have to be like, you're confident now, so you can get fat. It doesn't have to be that. <laughs> but I feel like it's like that. No, She's no, like, I'm I, comfortable in my body. I'm still attractive. I'm still, I'm still sexy. Yeah. And this is not like somebody going like, yeah, you're sexy. Don't let them tell you you're not. It's like, She's hot. The way she's drawn in there is good. It's not what we're used to, but for a character that is so wrapped up in sexuality, I thought that was a neat twist on it. Yeah. And I'd appreciate like whether that's the intention or not or something that comic ladies only portrayed as hot in one way is, I mean, obviously it's not realistic, but I don't know. That's not the only type of hot that there is. Especially if we're talking about art when you're drawing it. It's like, sure. Yeah, and I didn't even think about it till just now. But maybe what they're trying to show is that like she's living the good life now, mm, and true. she's she feels good. She's having fun. She's eating better. Whatever. She's now her life is. I always wondered if she even eats. She just spends all her time in the sun now. Way more. Yeah, she's if it's just a chlorophyll. <laughs> more like borophyll. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I will not make out with you. All right. Well, then uh, that is the end of the cons. Rating five out of five. Five. Easy five. Yeah, no question. That was a great time. Couldn't have been a harder one eighty of. Old Catwoman? That's the story we're reading? <laughs> okay, I guess. Like, couldn't they have done Old Ivy like they did Old Catwoman? I mean, I she really still looks good. I don't... If you said <laughs> any of these people, like, yeah, we're going to read a story about this guy, but he's old. Riddler is an old like, widower. Oh, oh God. And a single yes. dad. Yes, like, exactly. Oh, they got kids now? I don't <laughs> fucking care. Edward. <laughs> <laughs> also, that's, like, so cool and bold to me to kill off all of these characters. Oh, yeah, man. And then just the contrast of, from like page to page, but also just the color palette, these random grotesque scenes contrasting these like beautiful pink colors. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, what a cool combo. Yeah, man. I was very impressed right from the get-go. Get a load of this. It's a story about Jim Gordon, but he's 98 years old in a home. <laughs> <laughs> Completely Bingo wheelchair night. bound. Can't and someone move. dies Can't in the old folks' home. <laughs> he has to solve it. 
what else has this guy done? He did an old... You sound like me right now. Yeah, it's funny. I was trying to remember it. <laughs> I think it was... Uh, That's how I'm living right there, uh, buddy. Dude, I follow Cult of the Batman. You take your time. He you posted a... You're not trying to get to the next spot. You're here in this moment. <laughs> he posted you, like a 90s or, or early 2000s Batgirl that Cliff worked on. <laughs> the only other thing I know him from how old is, is this a variant cover. I'm not sure. A variant cover... For Batgirl, that's a Purple Rain Prince homage. That's <laughs> Batgirl on the motorcycle. Nice. And it's like a pretty valuable key issue that I scored uh, at a con a year or two ago and uh, have been waiting. Purple uh, actually, rain, uh, Dunk, rain. Uh, Dunk, everything Batman, did get a couple of my Lonely City books signed by him a long time ago, but I've yet to meet him. Here we go. Uh, something called Paper Girls. This? Oh, Paper Girls. Right. Wasn't Paper Girls written by Brian K. Vaughn? I know that was a really... They turned that into a temporarily lived TV show, I think. I'm not sure about that. I could see that, though. Um, also, a Wonder Woman. But like Paper Girls, he just illustrated. I don't think he wrote it. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just looking up works. Man, uh, works speaking, of of, speaking of artists writing their own stuff, I picked up at Rose City... A couple of books I posted on my Instagram, the DC Solo. There's a Darwin Cook and a Tim Sale issue. Those look really cool. I like those covers. Yeah, they're really neat. If you want to borrow them, they're just a bunch of one or two page or sometimes half page stories. Yeah, these are, in digital form? No. Oh. <laughs> they're all unrelated. And some of them are really cool. Like you'd get, like Darwin wrote one of Tim Sale's and Jeff Loeb wrote one of them. And the stuff that, they wrote for themselves, though. It was really cool. Like, mm. Darwin's has this... I don't know if you've read any of his Catwoman stuff, but he has, like, the Slam Bradley character, the kind of gumshoe guy. <laughs> and, Slam um, Bradley? He's, yeah, he's kind of like a... <laughs> Flat Stanley kind he, of? He's less, he's less Sin City and more, like, old school. Look at Slam Bradley guy. in these different murder right. scenes. Send him to the next one, kids. He's in it a little bit, and he's kind of, like, talking to the people at the bar or whatever. And so his story will sort of appear and then go away and then they're like oh there's another one and then it'll go away and then oh there's another one and then it ties up with Catwoman you know by the end of it I'm like oh that was really cool the way that he played that out over the whole issue and then Tim Sales the one that moved me the most was like the super super short very few words all of it was just narration there was no dialogue I like that and it was fucking heavy like you could read it in 60 seconds but it was like huh. well that's gonna sit with me all day that was good r.i.p tim sale r.i.p darwin cook i love that kind of stuff that shows how much you can do with so little when yeah. used correctly i thought you were about to show me something yeah. i'll show you something you're like oh a porn popped up that's not what i meant uh there's no etrigan savage dragon art oh, that I found. but i did man. these two pictures are right next to each other they're like inverted each other's heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like fins, it's, fins in the middle. It's fifteen-year-old me with the mohawk, and then there's thirty-seven-year-old me with the this. With the, with the this. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no name for it. Yeah. It's not a full Beetlejuice. It's like a two-thirds Beetlejuice. So, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go. Love you all. All right, that is our show. Thank you guys once again for listening. If you are new to it, we've got. 
66 other episodes with reviews and some bonus episodes when I attend conventions and talk about meeting the artists. Now, if you like the show, I say this every time, but fucking for real, do it. It's been a while since we've had one. Give us a five-star rating and review. Yes, you, motherfucker. If you hear this at the end, just take a few seconds and write, Sam is the shit and I love this fucking show. And... Give me the five stars, and then I'll say a prayer for you and your asshole, and we'll be even, okay? Now, we are going to return to the world of DC animation with a classic tale we've never talked about, Gotham by Gaslight. 